Hello, welcome to episode 577 of Conversation Street. How are you doing, everybody? I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And we're going to be talking about the curries in the pre-BGT week of 22nd to the 26th of May. That's this week, isn't it? Britain's Got Talent Me next week. Who's excited about it? Are you? It's June next week. Yes, uh, yeah, because it's down to June. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited about Britain's Got Talent Week, Corrie, next week. But it's it, back but holiday Monday. You're just refusing to talk about it. And, and it's the finale of Succession. Gemma, we've got Britain's Who's Got... Who's going to oh be the gosh. CEO? <laughs> I'm feeling like there isn't a massive build-up this year. Like, we didn't okay. have a trailer. Mm-hmm. Some, do you remember they used to, like, at the end of the Friday episodes, do a yeah, or coming soon on, like, for the for the Britain's Got Talent Week? And this yeah. year it just feels like nothing. No, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I am adrift in, in a sea of confusion. I mean, there's there's been we've, a... We know we've got the trial, and we know we've got the wedding. Yeah. So we know that, we know that something's coming, but I feel like, is that is that supposed to be enough? Are we really... I mean, I'm sure we'll have some theories to share later on uh, in the street talk section about it. Can I just say, it, but... I don't want to pour cold water on both those things because they are obviously super important for the show. But, I, like you're saying, previously, it felt like there was a lot more of a big deal generated about it. Is Coronation Street just saying, no, no, the stories themselves are generating enough hype? Or are they... Like, oh, don't worry about it. Well, it, it it could be that you know, there's lots that they don't want to reveal. Are there going to be some well, twists? Already, I mean, okay, the, the thing they've the, already the, revealed Gemma's wedding dress. They have, yeah. They we, we talked about I'm it very very briefly last week on the podcast. We hinted. Not sure about why they did that. Well, I mean, How, I don't they, know how often they, they do that. Well, they all, they always put photos for the following week's show on Tuesdays. They just revealed Gemma's wedding dress like at midnight on Monday or something, like a day day earlier this week. So it was it was going to come out anyway. But I, not, I feel it's nice like that it's being celebrated. You know, with with that particular storyline, I'm kind of imagining there's only a small number of things that can happen there. The real mystery about where is it going to go is the Justin story. Um, but I feel like compared to last year when we had the Abbey Imran Toya and we knew that was leading Ooh. up to something big and, and you know, we knew that, that Imran was leaving and, and it was um. suddenly been heavily hinted at and rumoured in the press as well. And we got um, to do the trailer breakdown. Yeah, and and all of that. It felt like you, last year's okay. was bigger. But even then, you Hang know, on. previous years you had, you know, the, the, the Victoria Court, the Who Killed Tina and it, I, I don't know. There is absolutely scope for some undisclosed twists in the Justin story, I'm going to say. But I don't know. I have to see. So, last year, just in case people missed it, which I don't know how I recorded on, on our YouTube channel, we did a very in-depth, and uh, in case you didn't realise, tongue-in-cheek breakdown of the trailer for A Brain's Got Talent Week last year, which was all about Abby and... Uh, and uh, Imran, Imran falling over exactly. repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. And now we've got Paul falling Hang over. Hang on. And we went through it, like, basically frame by frame going, oh, cinematically, what is this saying? The lighting. Look at the way that the... Imran's got scuffs on his suit. You you know, and we really went a bit over the top for our own amusement for for that. And it makes me wonder, like, was Corey just freaked out? And they were like, (laughs) we're not going to let these nut jobs do that again. They literally haven't had a big trailer for anything on Coronation Street in the last 12 months. We're not going to give them views on YouTube. They could literally just remake it this year with Paul falling over again and again and again, couldn't they? It's like, they didn't have to be creative. Come on. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I'm I'm feeling hopeful, but I, I, I... 
you know, if I'm going to be surprised, brilliant. Because at the moment, my, my hope for next week is on the low side, I'm going to say. But anyway, um, we, we have we want to start off this, this podcast with a bit, of a, a bit of podcast news and announcement stuff, don't we? Michael's, don't worry, everybody. We're not quitting. Michael's... Um pushing this onto me because this is my no, idea. No, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not pushing it onto you. My idea, I'm horrible. I'm greedy and, and mean and nasty. I've but... suggested that we have adverts on on the show because I think there's a way of doing it that will be fairly unobtrusive and not annoying to everybody. We're going to trial it. If it's so bad, you guys can't cope. We'll just take it off again. That's fine, but... If you're as um, a Patreon for the five dollar level and up, we will make sure that you have ad free. We don't want loads of ads. We don't. It's we, just we're a way of trying. How it works, and, and this to, has obviously been a. We haven't got a concrete plan, but you know, this has been. We've been doing this for eleven years. It's like it's basically a part time job, and it would be nice if we could get a bit more money. I know that's and horrible. Michael hates me talking about money, <sighs> but it's not. I mean, with with some of the. It's you know, the things that we do for the podcast and have done in the podcast, we could kind of do with a little bit, a little we bit really extra. Kind of do need... We still haven't paid off last summer. No, I know. We, we really do, would. Uh, yeah. So and I know it's... that you guys won't begrudge, the vast majority of you will not begrudge this. So I'm hoping that this will not really upset anybody. So that's the plan. It is. I Michael mean, uh, really it, doesn't want us to do this. No, no, this is I, all my fault. Don't, don't, don't no, take that. Okay. I, I, I know. I think it could be the I right thing feel, to do. It just I, feels I've been every other every other podcast does it. it. It does. It's not like the worst thing in the world. I've been very, very against it for for many, many years. And when we started the podcast, like no ads, no ads. I hate podcasts that have ads. They're very annoying, and you want, you have to skip through them and everything. Um, and, and I've kind of been quite pleased and, and proud that we just, you know, been kind of independent. But, you know, the things things have grown since then. Um, and Well, the, the outgoings have grown because our ambitions have grown. And, you know, we've been, we were, we were up at, um, in Manchester, you know, a couple of months ago. We're going to go up again for the SAFE Awards. I, we want to go up probably a couple more times this year. Every time we go, it's expensive. It's covering costs, but it's yeah. And we, everything we, also is getting more expensive. You guys all know, and we don't want to like. It's nice that we get support on Patreon, but there's other ways of supporting the show. Yeah, I don't think it's a band. It's not really. You, I feel like I'm on trial for a war crime. No, you when you're putting yourself up there by putting it all on yourself, and this is a joint decision together that we have made. Um, I, I, we don't know exactly how we it works. Got... I mean, it, it seems like on Podbean you can just kind of press a button and ta-da. We don't know. If so that's we don't know what it be. We don't, we don't know if We're it's the case. We don't know what the warning. adverts were before. We don't want there to be adverts for things that we, we don't like. Is it just you know going to be something that it auto inserts at the beginning? Do we have we to have go no and look idea. for spot? Don't really know. It could be that you know next week it's all up and running, or it could be that you know months down the line there's still been nothing. I, I really, really don't know. So but, sorry, everybody. Um, I'm sorry, Michael, but that's don't don't. I'm not putting it on you. I'm not putting it on you. We we will see. We will see how it goes. Um, and and you know if you 
let us know what you think if it gets started. I and don't think we're going to be doing HelloFresh reads. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. You can get your, you know, you get your, I don't think yeah, we're going to do your recorded ads and your, and your host read ads. We don't know. There we is not know. going to be us as far as... I don't think so. No, I saying, don't think hey, anyone Gemma, would give That was a really delicious dinner you made tonight. <laughs> well, we Michael. Should we do a practice? Hey, Gemma, that was a really delicious dinner we had tonight. Yeah, that's You're so right. great cook. Yeah, but my secret is... Hello Fresh. What? I thought you did it all yourself. All these no. years you've been tricking me and making me think you're actually an amazing chef in the kitchen and you're just cheating with Hello Fresh. No, I'm actually a massive turd in the kitchen. <laughs> I just use Hello Fresh, which gives me all the ingredients I need in one box. Hello Fresh would literally just, we going, literally do. just go into a uh, sponsor. We do Hello actually use Hello Fresh. Occasionally we do. But we don't get paid to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it for free now. Okay, right. Do you want a quiz? That's anyway. That's that's out. That's out there. Who knows if, when, how it's going to happen. Um, do not have a go at Gemma for this as much no, as she's asking fault. for it. Right. Here's the quiz. But here comes the quiz. Let's move on and just do a non podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the quiz sponsored by Coca Cola. They <laughs> <laughs> don't do quizzes. Uh, this was this quiz. is a quiz sponsored by Rose Return Monday Night Quiz. It is. It's special guest by... host Jenny Bradley. Sponsored by Jenny Bradley, <laughs> and if you haven't got your pens out, she's going to give you a hard stare. <laughs> right, twenty second to the twenty sixth of May, years ending in three and eight, and I got this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. I know it's popular. <laughs> no, we just really like them. <laughs> we do. Twenty second of May, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Have you got a pen and paper? You don't. Um, I have paper. Is there a pen? Oh, there's a pencil on the floor. Okay. Nick. It's just, it's just like being back in the classroom. It's because we're so... Who has, who's left this? Who's not picked this up and put it in their tray? Come we're, on, guys. We're so poor. It's half term now. We just let's get home. off the floor. Right, go on. Okay, right. Nick meets up with Alison Oakley. Who is she? Who is she? Oh. I reckon that Alison Oakley is probably the guy... <laughs> probably the woman. The lady... <laughs> That um <laughs> that that Brian was going out with when he got stabbed. Yeah. Yes. She was originally um credited as Disco Girl. She is the disc yeah, original Disco Girl of nineteen eighty nine, yeah. Yeah. Uh twenty third of May nineteen seventy three. Who does Minnie meet at Woburn Alley? At Woburn Alley, is that like Abbey, 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 Abbey. A Woburn Abbey. Abbey. Woburn. Abbey's gonna come in, in a minute. Oh, I, I want to say Handel Gartside, but it's probably not him because I don't think she met him. Now, I'm going to say it, Handel Gartside. No, no, um, no. Um, it's not Lord, not Lord Tatton Park. That was somewhere no. different, wasn't it? Who she, she, she met? No, you're you are thinking of the right thing. It wasn't Tatton Park she met the the Lord. It was the Duke of Bedford. Oh, okay. Who okay. um who lives in Woburn Abbey? Oh, there we go. Okay. And it's apparently near Milton Keynes. I was close. Who well, plays close the Duke of Bedford? <laughs> himself! Yes! Yes, he played himself. <laughs> Cameo. Right. We didn't even talk about that on the Celebs of the Street. I know, How we can we have missed that? I know, we mentioned <laughs> King Charles, we didn't yeah, mention the Duke, Duke of, Bedford. of Bedford. Now, I looked this up because a Woburn Abbey is actually. Is a Woburn Abbey? I don't know. It's actually much oh, further south than you might imagine. It's I, quite I've far got no from idea where it is. And I was like, oh, we could go. We could go on the way, mm. but apparently it's closed for refurbishment oh, until sucks. 2024. Sucks. I was, you know, maybe this is our in to Corrie. Can we, if we become a Duke and Duchess, yeah. can they let us on the show? I heard Sussex is up for grabs. <laughs> That's quite near us. <laughs> it is indeed. Okay, right, right, okay, next. 23rd of May, 
2003, Katie Harris. 2003. Yeah. I didn't realise this would be topical. <laughs> Katie Harris, 16 <laughs> yeah. years old, oh, kisses me. Martin Platt, but what age is he? Um, oh, I might have read this on Twitter. Is he th- uh, 35? 35? 36? No, 34. it's 34. I'll give you half a mark. Half a mark, yeah, you're, thank you. You're right, decade. 24th of May, Mid-30s. 1993. Which pub does Liz McDonald become landlady of? Oh. Uh, hourglass. The hourglass. Is it called the hourglass? I thought you'd get this really. I thought this was oh, just an easy one. But, um, the Queens. The Queens. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. Bad Michael. 25th of May, 1983. Now that you've got to get this one. You've got to get this one. 1983. I wasn't even born. <laughs> Nearly. Just getting ready to, to pop out 40 years ago. Brewing up. Yeah. Jack and Vera meet up for a date using pseudonym, pseudonyms, but yeah. what are they? Vincent Clare yes. and Carol Monroe. Yeah. Two points, thank you very much. <laughs> I knew you'd get that one. 26th of May, 2008. Final question. Mm-hmm. Who is attacked at the cabin? Norris. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. One, two, three, four, five and a half out of eight. That's all right. That's not too bad this week. How did you guys do it? How did you play along still? Or did you just listen to, to me failing every week? I don't know. Let's, let me know. That's what I do. 27th uh, of May oh, onwards birthdays. for birthdays. Nobody on the 27th of May, but on the 28th of May, Anne Reed played Valerie Barlow and Michelle Collins, who played Stella Price. I think she follows us on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? Twitter is just a mindful at the moment because you've got no idea if somebody is actually a celebrity. Yeah. I hate this. So I saw Michelle Collins was like tweeted, and so I clicked on it, and it's like, oh, she follows you, and I was like, it's not the real one though, is it? And it it probably is because she's got like half a million followers or something. Oh wow, that's really good. Well, or fifty thousand. I can't remember. It had a five in it. Obviously craves criticism. Not that we ever even talk about her anymore. She's probably listening now. 29th of May, H.V. Harry Kershaw, who is one of the programme's longest running and most influential writers and producers. He is indeed. Alan Igben, who was Tony Stewart the first, and Adam Rickett, who is Nick Tilsley the second, and the illustrious, fantabulous, about to hopefully... Gatecrasher Wedding next week. George <laughs> Banks. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you told me that today. Played, uh, who When's plays Newton? Sunday. 29th. Monday. Oh, no. There's not even Monday. any post then. I Sorry, got everybody. A card. If, you, if you don't, if you didn't realise, you've missed the boat. I've sent, I do, I, I have actually sent them a card every year for the past few years. This year I've forgotten. No, I you apologize. haven't. You've remembered. I've it's remembered now. He might just get it a bit get late. To, I'll text him. Moonpig or whatever. I was texting him today. Moonpig sponsors the Conversation Street birthday section. Thirtieth <laughs> of May, Sally Devner plays Sally Webster. Nice. First of June. MBE. Jeffrey Leslie played Gordon Clegg the second, and everybody's favourite star of stage and screen, Charlotte Jordan plays. Oh, is it Charlie Ashley. Jordan's on the first? Like, on the first. Ooh. So that is the Thursday. That is the Thursday before the Soap Awards on yeah. Saturday, so hopefully... And she is up for all the goals. She's up for, literally up for all the awards at the Soap yeah. Awards a couple of days good later. For her. So, she ooh, deserves it. That'd be good. Right, happy birthday to all those folks. Happy and, um, birthday. Sorry, George, we're in a little bit late for this one. You don't know you're not listening. Um, right, anything else we want to declare before the podcast starts? 
I would like to just say thank you to Henry Westons as usual for sponsoring this podcast with its vintage cider that I still have to buy. One pound eighty nine from Lidl. <laughs> PG tips for me, everybody. Really pushing the vote out again tonight. That's right. We buy it in bulk bags from Amazon. Try their subscribe and save. Oh my gosh. I, I think we should get like Argos or Co-op or. Yeah, I'd be up for that. I'd sell myself. You know how they have. Doll. Have, a, have to have an Argos van drive past at least once a week. Did we say this on the bonus podcast? This yeah, is one of the things did. that our tour guide told us the other, well, I don't know how the other month. That apparently once a week there's going to be an Argos <laughs> van that drives by. We just or need to have the, that one the point two? during the podcast. Go, Hang on. Do, oh, there do, goes the Argos. Debbie do, 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 do. Webster's been buying all this kind of crap off our Argos <laughs> again. She's such a... You don't even have to do Jill Halfpenny anymore. She doesn't do it, does she? She's such a rabid consumer. (laughs) Debbie Webster's solely responsible for heating the planet up to 1.5 degrees from buying all this tap. You could do it. Do, 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 do. (laughs) (laughs) We just want the meerkats back, don't we? Argos isn't as good. It's really not. But maybe also, can, hang on, Argos... They're probably just looking for someone to sponsor at the moment, aren't they? Argos not as good, but equally, do you want to sponsor us? We'll stop slagging you off. We don't sponsor Argos off. They're very handy. What do you mean? They're, what? We don't sponsor Argos. No, we don't slag them off. Sorry. I we just did. No, they're great. Very handy for all your shopping needs. Just I, They've got everything in that catalogue. Click and collect. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. That's anyway, it. let's do street talk. <laughs> Right, welcome to Street Talk for this week, and we have got seven stories to cover this week, kind of. Um, we're going to start, it's just it's a lot of misery this week, wasn't it? I did mention it on Wednesday, Street Talk Shorts, but um, the overall feeling this week was just kind of sad. And that's not really our bag for Coronation Street. I think I think it was an okay week, but... Hmm. I, this week, sponsored by Angel Delight. What? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that Gemma is definitely not a fan of the sad times oh, in Weatherfield. Wait. Listen, it's difficult um, to know because Gemma is becoming a more important character. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about me, you, you are not a fan of sad times in Weatherfield. You prefer that's what I, I just. What do I like? I, want I don't to know. Be happy. I want Weather. Yeah, well, you prefer murder. Where's Stephen? Yeah, What's he up to? I don't like sadness. I like murder. Yeah. Right, so um, what's so been happening? So we've got poor Paulie Paul we're going to start off with, and it's combined with the Gematrimony storyline, because that, and, and that was miserable. Then we've got, oh, I like this, my storyline title for Phase Yeah, Leaven. it's good, it's good. Yeah, I said to you, I can't remember who the actors are that are in it. What did I say to you? Gemma, what's your favourite film starring Nicolas Cage and uh, John Travolta? Yeah. Phase Off. Yeah, Face Off is Phase my favourite film, but then we watched it the other day, and it's not as good. Not as good, is it? So Face Off is number two. She has left the show. Um, we talked about her a lot it in this week's bonus 90s. podcast, um, where we did a revisit of the Faye Windass we character profile. We're probably just going to repeat ourselves in this. And if you were put off by the fact it's Faye, and you're not that bothered, here's, here's an enticement. Well, I had a rant. Yeah, there, there was a rant involved yeah, in that. We, we, you know, we got a fair number of likes on our on our tweet this week for the Faye character profile. I think it's because I had a nice picture of her in it. Good. Um, Dimbo Italiano, isn't it? There, I mean, a lot of the other stories were very, very minor, weren't they? So we'll talk about Isabella and Brian coming up next. Then we've got Sam loses hope. He ditches her, doesn't he? Good. Yeah, on Monday's episode. I mean, that was bad. quite explosive and fun. I'm really trying to, like, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel for my next storyline title. Royale flushed. Royal oh my like a royal flush. Royaled flushed. No. No, no like, next. Sorry. I, 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 Tile Street What's the is name back. Of the dog Freddy. Yeah. 
Freddy, Freddy, will Roy be daddy? Uh, what, what would you do? I don't know. I'd think a bit more about You'd it. You'd ever think about that one. The Tile Street story <laughs> from a year ago has come back because they have mentioned the scaffolding what? this week. And um, I, I, I feel, I strongly predict that it's going to play a part in next week's shenanigans on the street. And um, there was also a little bit of Acid Ryan as well, which we shall also cover towards the end. So um, I'll do the Paul story, if you like, Jen, because I know you've got an awful lot to say about the Faye storyline. So I'll save your breath. How rude. Until then. I'm not saying anything else I haven't said already. No, 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 I know. Well, I've already said everything I want to say. say. Again, we say it twice. I, want to, I know. Twice. I, that's my motto in life. I never say anything twice. So. I always say that. <laughs> Starts off the week fairly positive for Paul and Billy. They're having their breakfast in the flat, fairly chirpy and everything. And Billy's saying, oh, what's going on with your, with your appointments and everything at the hospital for your funny hands? And Paul says, oh, I, I need to get it rescheduled. It's fine. I'm, I'm going to be fine. And so they, they start off and everything's ch- hunky-dory. Uh, meanwhile, um, Shay's, Shay's Chez, um, he's managed to... You know, things are looking good for the wedding. He's got a cake from someone he used to know on the market, but is now a professional baker. Handy. I hope it's not an old cake from when the market was open. Me too. Uh, well, it could be. Well, you know, wedding cakes last for ages, isn't it? This could be fine. Oh, well, um, it's still going, isn't it? Where is that? We haven't got our wedding no, cake no, anymore. No, nobody ate it. Yeah, um, he the the sound system sorted. It's all going well, basically. This you know, the beginning of this week really didn't set an uh, accurate impression for the general tone of the rest of the week, did it? Um, and then Paul is there as well. He gets a call from Dee Dee, who wants to meet him in the lawyer's office. So he tells her he's been into looking into these wonder drugs for MND. And then there's this apparently there's this miracle cure. Oh, is it, is it supposed to be a cure? Is it just something that you know? Prolongs prolongs life and makes it not so hideous and and short. I, I I don't know. Well, whatever it is, he's he's been reading up about it on the net, and she says, "I did I, you write it down? I don't. I, no, I didn't. I don't think you should really, you know, be banking on this." She's like, "I watched the Ollie thing, and this happened with that as well." Well, yeah, remember, remember, um, yeah, Leanne and Doctor Crankenhouse, and that. That didn't work, did it? This, is it feeling a bit repetitive with it? I don't know. No, maybe. I mean... I suppose in these feels, situations, people would it, maybe do it that. It feels repetitive in the, same, in the same way that anything that's based on reality goes through the same... Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not unusual, I, I guess, for this. people with dire diagnoses. I would be looking up anything yeah. I could. Yeah. But but Dee's telling him, look, you, you, you could be getting your hopes up here and, and I think you need to be realistic about this. At the this. end of and the day... Like, well, this has made me feel hopeful for the first time in weeks, actually, so screw yeah. you, Diddy. If there's anything that's actually going to help you, they would have brought it up. They're, right. not, they're not going... When he walks out of the appointment, going, thank goodness he didn't bring up that miracle drug. We want to keep it a secret because we want all the profits for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he goes along to the hospital and he's talking to this nurse there about this wonder drug. And the, and the, and the guy says, look, I've, I've heard of it, but... It's only as successful in a very small number of cases. So you, people with particular genetic codes d- or whatever. Yeah, I don't this works know. On, it, it, um, you didn't write down what it was. So I didn't look this up, but I assume it's it's involved with genetics. Yeah. Because he asked him, is, "Does anyone else in your family have this?" Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not come but up. You got you got to have these tests, and one if you're thing, a potential match, but it's very very low percent. One thing I I haven't sort of uh, seen in the show that I would be interested in is if if at any point Paul gets worried that Gemma might have this as well 
or gets mm. guilty about the idea that she might contract this because they're twins. I know they're not identical. Is it supposed to be a um, you know? There's an, it's pass surely it there's a genetic. Kind of thing. I think I think the more that people learn about genetics, that eventually we're going to realise that you're susceptible to certain things more. Mm. I think I think we're we're learning that now, but I think eventually, once we can map everything, you're going to be able to to know what you're specifically yeah. more likely to get. No, you're right. That that hasn't come up, but, you know, I suppose it'd be natural, especially if you're a twin, to, to think But again, was... I don't know. It's it's mysterious, isn't it? I mm. think. And it's scary how mysterious yeah. Yeah. some medical things are. Well, the person that Paul is talking to in the hospital here isn't actually his own nurse. It's just some, some medical bloke that's just walking down the corridor. Nurse, and, like and he Aggie, says, look, maybe you should come back it. and talk to your own nurse about this and, and, you know, maybe he'll be able to set you straight. So, later on, Paul's back on the street. He's taking Joseph to Little Big Shots, which is still going on in the background. I don't know whether this is turning into a story about something, but they've been mentioning on and off over the few weeks, haven't they, about children going off to the community centre for, for Little Big Shots. It's not turned into anything yet, so um, watch this space there. Apparently, today's lesson was um, holding a microphone and faking confidence. Oh, he doesn't they do that every week. That's that's us. That's us. That's what we're doing right now, isn't it? We know exactly what happened in Curry this week. Rita's with Gemma in the... Um, uh, is she in the purple home? I can't remember. They're talking weddings later anyway. And um, Rita says, Oh, you know, if you're feeling a bit strapped for cash and everything, I'll come put some money behind the counter at the at the Rovers and we can have a combined stag and hen do. And Gemma's like saying, Brilliant, I will accept charity from you. She's very, very choosy about who she's going to um, say yes to her money from, isn't she? But that's all sorted for Wednesday. How lovely. So Billy, meanwhile, is going over to number five. Not meanwhile, sorry, later on. Goes over to the house to see if Paul's there. He's not. So then he gets chatting to Gemma. And she tells him about this joint stag and hen do. Sounds good, says Billy. Everyone's cheerful. Back Billy goes. Um, There was also... um, Does anyone else like this? The little scene between Aggie and Dee Dee that they had at the Rovers um, later that episode. They're just talking about, like, feeling sorry for, for Amy and children going up fast and stuff. And I kind of plonked it in this story even though it wasn't particularly anything to do with this but it had Dee Dee in it had a nurse in so what I thought it was lovely I, I like the Baileys I do like the Baileys um and then those little scenes I think on Monday there were a few scenes like that there was like a Tim and Faye scene I think on the same episode which was just two people who you know are related two characters are related having lovely chats together more of that I say um, so then we have a really tragic couple of scenes for Billy and Paul, and this this is where it all ramps up for the week. So Billy um, gets in, gets has got the idea into his head that he'd like to adopt a kid, and he really chooses his timing pretty poorly, doesn't he? Here, why? Okay. Why what? Just like why? <laughs> why because, now? Just because to add if to the drama. If he waits long enough. Someone will have a baby and he'll just be able to take that, <laughs> which I'm sure he's dying to. Billy's thinking like, you know, I'm, my, my biological clock's ticking here. Not that you need it, but... Um, he, but... I know, but he's kind of like... All right, this is... Okay. Are you thinking about whether it's sensible what you're about to say? Are you going to regret saying No, I'm just wondering how many people are going to get offended. It's just like he's like, it's like adopting a dog. It's like, it's 15 years of your life, get another one when it goes off to university or dies or whatever, depending on if it's a dog or a kid. <laughs> I can probably fit three, four in. 
He's just got a heart full of love as Billy and he needs someone to share it with. I I, I think it's it I is think a should, little bit previous thinking he look, about He should get in he should look into getting a cat. No, not with not with Freddie on the street, you know, chase him. Wasn't it nice to see a cat on the street? It was. For the first time in I don't know when. Years probably. It was literally today. years. Yeah. Um no, I think that you know, he's not been going out with Paul for that long. I don't think he feels a I bit too soon. I really don't think and they'd let him adopt a kid just because he's got an urge and no, just because I kind of fancy it. I mean, if you look at if you look at the romantic um, journey that Billy's been on over the years, like sometimes he's with Todd, sometimes he's with Paul, sometimes he's with Sean, and sometimes he seems to be a, a massive menage a catra with all of them. I don't know. It's it's not necessarily a, a strong and stable home life. I don't know. Just because how... he's the archdeacon, it doesn't mean you get a free pass to the. Maybe front of you the get kid. a free kid. Maybe they just fish out the font and see whether there's any left. <laughs> any left over there? Oh, this, this isn't there from Sunday one. service. Do you know what? I'm, I remember this going in now. <laughs> oh no. Um. Anyway, so Paul's like, no, can't have a kid. Obviously, he's thinking. <laughs> I won't I, even... I'm, I'm, I'm deteriorating fast. Just waiting to get to Wednesday's episode. I won't even be oh. around for it to get out of nappies. No, now is not the time. But he obviously can't tell Billy this because he's keeping it a super secret that Billy's never going to find out about. And Billy's like, oh, I, I thought you'd be up for the idea. But yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Really? For, he, well, he, this he, he says he's accepting, but you know what Billy's like? Once he gets an idea, he's like, oh, come on, come on. Hang on, it's lovely. not just Billy, it's any character. Like, if they decide they're moving to Slough, if they decide that they're going to Australia, if they decide that they're going to, I don't know, take up... I just think that Billy in particular likes to think that he's right and he gets his own way and if he kind of, you know, clenches his hands together and... There's nothing wrong with that. Because he's the Archdeacon, I'm definitely right and you're... But anyway, he, he does sense that something's up with Paul and Paul's like, look, just leave it, Billy. Maybe I'll think different in a year or two, just not now. And Billy's like... Yeah, but it'd be really, really... Don't you want to have a kid around the house? Isn't it brilliant having some? I think of all the robots that we could have. And Paul says, fine, I'll think about it. And he heads out. Well, really? What can he lose about saying, I'll think about it? Because he knows that in a week's time, he's going to tell Billy that the situation is not exactly as he He doesn't really... know it's Britain Got's Talent Week. He... No, but he knows he's going to tell them after the wedding. Um, that's his plan his plan was to tell them after well that, I mean that's what he said to, to Dee Dee I do I, think I wonder like, I'm just never going to tell anybody there's always going to be a reason why when you've got right something time. that you don't want to do you can say I'm just going to put it off yeah, until it. X it and this. then X happens and it's like no, oh well, no now's not, right not the now. right time I mean the way things transpired I mean the, the decision was made for him it's better, and, and even if Billy hadn't miraculously found this letter from the court at home, which is a bit of a weak reason for him to be there. But even it, Paul, Paul's obviously getting a lot worse fast, so Billy was going to find out eventually. But Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so so Paul's, Paul's like, I've got so much going on in my head at the moment, I can't speak to you about it. So he goes out for a spot of action cam crying on the wall outside the medical centre. And isn't that a tragic way to end the episode, ladies it was, and it gents? Was horrible. So um, Wednesday's episode starts... Hang on, there have been so many times when I've been watching Coronation Street recently with Paul and there's just a scene where he's sort of... His condition is progressing in a negative way and I'm just like I don't know if I can watch this anymore it's just horrible 
I don't, I'm not feeling it as, as affecting as the Sinead storyline. And I know that was, you know, that was the one for you that was like, nope, I'm not watching that. Um, I think maybe possibly the, the Sinead was worse for me because I liked the character of Sinead a bit more. She was like the, <laughs> you like the, the, the damsel in distress and everything. I thought that the relationship between Sinead and Daniel, you know, forget about the Bethany situation. I thought they I had, a, they were a quite nice couple. Um, but yeah. with, with Paul and Billy, I'm, I'm still not completely feeling them as a definite couple. It, it was more a case of mm, Corey's put them together yeah. so that this, because they had this idea for this story and wouldn't it be tragic if he was going out with someone? I, I I'm still, yeah, I just, I just don't feel the same romantic vibes between them. I, I, I don't know if the chemistry is there, but I think Peter Ash is honestly really he is handling this really this. really well and that that scene where he was up against the wall on monday is fab it's um horrific i just I, i'm not as sad because it's paul that's all i'm <laughs> sorry to say um can i but... can i just say can i ask a question and this is also to the viewers too do you feel as though you're more sympathetic when it's a woman i'm not saying that it's right or wrong and i don't need you to answer necessarily but I'm just wondering, is there an element here of our our sympathies are kind of trained to react differently to a young, beautiful woman I who's think experiencing definitely... some kind of tragedy versus, you know, kind of a, a sort of, not middle-aged, but he's of working age, you know, he's a kind of a competent, grown man. I think so. I think there's definitely an element of that in there. I it, it is partly to do with the popularity of the character, but I think yeah. you know we've all got this. You know we want to say there, there. It's, it's going to be it's, okay. It's to because a, a we're poor primed as a culture to react differently to different people. Mm. When with with Sinead as well, there was the whole Bertie angle to it, wasn't there? There was there was a lot yeah, no more reason for us to to care about it I feel I, I, I don't know I don't know but well, I'm just it's just an interesting thing to consider your reaction and not to like um it's definitely not a negative thing to to examine your reactions to things and realize that sometimes you have a different a different way of reacting to something and even if you're listening to this and you're thinking no 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 I feel completely differently about it even that is worth thinking about why why do I feel this way about this character? Is it something about the way I feel about the character? Is it the actor? Is it the situation? Do I do I know somebody similar to Paul, but I didn't know anyone similar to Sinead? Mm. It's just in, it's just really interesting. I do I do think there's a bias, cultural I think, bias. Towards... Yeah, that's a really good point because I think that some people, again with the Sinead story, a lot more people know people who have had cancer yes, than yes. motor neurone disease. Yeah, that's true. So it's maybe bringing back more real life bad memories for and some also people. it's a very traditional thing on coronation street to kill young mothers that's true that's true <laughs> um so wednesday's episode oh my gosh this things take a massive turn for the worst there his his right leg has pretty much you know gone overnight he's walking through the flat oh. and he's kind of wobbling all it's over the place horrific. and I was. I didn't know when this was going to start to happen. I mean, he's given the three-year diagnosis, wasn't he, or prognosis or well, whatever, listen. a couple of months ago. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be, you no. know, months and months before thing, other things start. But it's just like, nope, leg's gone. This is why I think they they don't like telling you stuff like this in the, in the hospital. 
And they said, you know, it could be three years, but you hear three years and we're not even Paul and we've gone three years. Okay, I've got three years. Mm. That's not necessarily the case. No, I mean, it's three years on a, if, if he's lucky, isn't it? This is like, we, we know people listening know people who've had this. And so I, I just, it, I, I wish this was a fictional thing that didn't exist. Oh, this was a horrible, made-up, fake illness that nobody ever had to cope with. Because watching this and knowing that people that, you know, we really like and appreciate have experienced this for real, watching somebody go through this, is just mm. heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I, I feel so bad for him. Like, you know, I... I make jokes about it and stuff in the podcast and everything, but I I was like, oh no, that's that's it's always awful. And he's just like there hobbling over to the sofa and he's is... trying to act normal when Billy comes in. But the look on his face when it, to to realize like that I know what's going on. This is this is what the, the worst that also, I feel. To sort of talk about you know our experiences um, when it comes to sort of illnesses or terminal illnesses is to to talk about cancer, and cancer has a very logical traditional like what's the word arc of of progress like when you when you know someone who's got cancer you and it's it's sad and it's tragic i'm not taking it that away from from it at all we we know this you watch them and they get sicker and then they end up in bed and then eventually you know most you know they'll they pass away. This is a completely different mm. and shocking progression of, of an illness that attacks you in a way that is unexpected to a lot of people because Paul just seems completely healthy. He he can do... He, he's, he's talking, he's not faint, he's not off his food, he's not... You know what I'm, you know what I'm yeah, trying to and, say? And, he, and he's not having to go through any treatment that's making him sicker as well. Because, no. you know, lots of people with well, cancer have a chemo, chemo. And that's, yeah, and that's what makes you sick. He's, he's not got that because and he's there's not nothing like, he's can... not like he's taking to his bed. No. He's trying to, to work, but his body is shutting down. Mm. And his leg doesn't work and his arm doesn't work. It's just a really unexpected and therefore even more shocking and frightening yeah. uh, deterioration mm. of his condition. Mm. Um, so so he, he's there on the sofa and then Chema and Chesney come round and, um, you know, timing couldn't be more perfect. They're like, Why do they always you do give... this? On Coronation Street, it's like traditional. Like the week before the wedding is when you work out who you want to be the best man and who you want to give well, Yeah, usually for a Corrie <laughs> wedding, it's like, I'm just going to ask the person who's been sleeping with my wife to be my best man <laughs> behind my back or something, you know, or the person that murdered me, ma'am. Do you want to be, my, do you wanna be <laughs> yeah. the, the flower girl? <laughs> and so here is saying, you, yeah, unbeknownst to them, he can't really illness. walk at the moment. Would you like to walk me down the aisle and give me away? And he's like... It's it's tragic because oh, it he's like sad. his immediate reaction was to be over the moon. That he's so chuffed to be given this position of responsibility and Well it's and, a it's a acknowledgement of his importance in her life. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, and he's like, Yeah, and brilliant, I can do this. Because he's he is still 
some ways in denial about his condition, isn't he? Especially with this kind of wonder drug going around his head, and he's thinking, "No, I, I, I think I can get, get through, I can get through this, and I, I can, can do this next week. I can hold it at bay for a week mm. for, the, for the wedding, shortly." Yeah. So, and and then she's saying to him, "Oh, can you go along to the rovers to help put up the decorations for tonight?" And he's like thinking to himself, "I don't know if I can even get off the sofa at the moment." Well, she wants um, to have her hand do. Yeah, 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 the hand do. So, so Paul's with DD later and he's like massively panicking about well, everything. He's got a bit of a bad week, hasn't he? He's got his bad leg. He's got his court appearance on Friday. Pretty much everything's going wrong. So he hobbles into the Rovers later. But it's later. Bank Monday. Yeah, you can. Um, I, I've spoken to about three people just today really? who didn't know it was Bank Holiday on Monday. And I didn't well, know it was Bank on, Holiday on, on Monday. Hang on, hang on. You're teachers and you have next week off anyway. It is true. It's There's literally term, no week. reason for you to know that it's bank holiday on Monday. I think usually I know. But anyway, yeah. Um, so why, why is Gemma and Chesney getting married on a bank holiday? It's not cheaper, is that a, is it? Is that a usual day to get married? Um, anyway, so um, and he go, he hobbles into the Rovers and he's trying to act like normal. And, and they've not started with the decorations yet. Jenny and Glenda are there and they start hanging things up and... Paul realises that there's no way he's going to be able to help with this, so he, he limps back out again. It's like, oh, I've forgotten something. I've left it at home. And Jenny's like, oh, what's, what's going on with him then? Um, we have another toyer scene after that with Billy. Billy um, accosts her in a booth in the Rovers and says, oh, you had adoption, didn't you? You 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 are foster parents, um, or uh, were they foster parents? I I don't remember. Tell me tell me about that. How do I how do I adopt a child? This um, was odd. Without my partner dying at the end of it. She's like, well... <sighs> Can't really hurt you with that one, mate. She's like, well, the main thing really is to make sure that you don't have a dark secret that you're keeping from each other. Uh-oh. Because that was sort of what kind of put me and Imran into the... <laughs> Toya's just glad to be included. And she's like, yes, I can tell you all you need to know about fostering Honestly, and adoption. Honestly, why would you ask? Off screen. Why would you ask Toya? Why would you ask her? Why? Yeah. She's the one who didn't actually end up adopting anybody. Yeah. She's literally. like, basically, Billy's like, so, what did you do wrong? Yeah. Like, Tell me everything you did, Toya, and then I won't do that thing. He's like, she's right, like number one, don't drive your like, boyfriend into a wall. In, come here, come here. I killed him. That was the big, big I, issue. I think everybody's forgotten. Shh. <laughs> don't bring it up. <laughs> I think I got away with it. I'm married to a. No, so I'm going out with a coffer. <laughs> I think it's best if we keep it on the down low. <laughs> the internet hasn't forgotten Toya. Whenever I see any mention of Toya on forums or Reddit or whatever at the moment, it's always people going, why has everybody forgotten that she's confessed to killing Imran on purpose? Oh, goodness Coronation me. Street's forgotten. Everybody's forgotten. Oh my gosh. What a well, anyway, Billy's forgotten. Yeah, he, he has. And um, anyway, so yeah, they're chatting away about that. Um, and um, and then Jenny pops over and says, oh, Paul was having a bit of a limp earlier. Is he all right? And he's like, oh, that's interesting. I never saw him with that before. So we then cut to How Paul. How everyone else knows apart from Billy? And he lives with a guy. He's got his head in the clouds, isn't he? He's, he's, he's there talking to God. Yeah. All right, God. Yeah. yeah. Billy, go back down. You've got <laughs> stuff to do. It's not your time yet, Billy. <laughs> well, hang on. What, what are you doing up here? Can I come up? No. <laughs> 
Can <laughs> I give out any soup at the party games? I'm great number. at giving out soup. I've changed my number too, Billy. It's not that number anymore. Don't text me anymore. <laughs> what was the thing? That was a thing a few years yeah, ago, it was. wasn't it? About Billy texting God. Um, anyway. Are you there, God? It's me, it's me Billy. Billy. Um, so, oh, I'll tell you what, Billy's going to have... Is he going to have another crisis of faith over this? Or, I don't know. Anyway, so Paul's at the hospital later. Yet again, he's there with Dee Dee. And uh, they're waiting to see his proper nurse about this this miracle drug. Billy rings him. He ignores it. And Dee Dee's like, oh, I don't know whether this is the right thing to do. You really should be telling Billy about this. And Paul says, I have probably mentioned this once or twice before over the course of this storyline. But I just want to get this and the wedding out of the way first. And then I'm going to tell everybody that's okay. Right. Sorted, Dee Dee. I think I'm going to tell them at the reception. I'm going to find the most dramatic, tragic time to tell people... And I'm just going to blast the doors off the thing. So anyway, he gets called in to see the nurse and the, the other nurse. And he's like, so tell me about this miracle treatment. And he's told exactly the same thing again. You're, you're not really very likely to test positive for being able to make that work for you. I do believe my colleague said that to you the other day. I don't know why you needed to come for me for this. And then Paul's like, OK, well, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm walking my, my sister down the aisle next week. Can I have a steroid injection or something? And she's like, nope, that doesn't work for what you've got, I'm afraid. And he's like, oh, no, please, oh, anything we can do? No, sorry, you're just going to have to cross your fingers that you're going to be okay. So, bad news It there. wasn't quite as flippant as that, but yeah, that's the main... Every way we describe anything on this podcast is flippant. You just yeah. have to... Whatever, if you haven't watched it, this is the... This is the the tip for listening to Conversation Street first is tone everything down and it's a lot more serious when it's on the show. Yeah. So, um, they're back on the street later. No, no, he's not. He's in the waiting room. Sorry, I skipped ahead. Um, and he's convinced he's going to be okay. He's going to get this medicine. He's like, I'm Paul. I always bounce back. It, everything always goes right for me. And I'm not going to let this happen to me. And I'm just going to go to the stag and hen do and everything's okay. And Dee Dee's like, oh, yeah, you're not, are you? So, they go back to the street. Toya comes out of the Rovers and she's all smiley. She's like, I just had a, I just had a scene with Billy and we, we talked for hours about, about adoption and fostering and it's going to be cut for the final edit, isn't it? Typical. Is this going to be shown in Canada or not? Because <laughs> um, if not, I'm rioting. Paul's like, Paul's like, hang on a minute, you've been talking, what, why, why were you talking about, oh, anyway, they, they go off into the Rovers. He's, he's annoyed that he's still, Billy's still got this thing about fostering. So he finds Paul, he, Billy, um, Billy finds Paul in the flat later um, and he, he puts his limp down to twisting his ankle in the street. And uh, Billy says, look. Just those cobbles and the high heels, it's always a problem. Yeah, Billy says, right, I know, I know you don't want to talk about adopting and fostering, but it takes a long time to get the ball rolling, according to old Toya. So maybe, you know, you're not interested now, but let's start, you know, putting our names down on any lists. And Paul's like, no, I've told you before, Billy, this is not the time to start talking about that. Just Hang on. leave it. <laughs> Billy's like, Paul, listen, I know that you didn't want to adopt or, or foster anything. I've been speaking to Toya and she was like, one of us has to die before that can happen. I just ignored her. Anyway, do you want to talk? <laughs> oh dear, it's tragic. Um, so anyway, 
Billy, Billy goes to get some shirts from the bedroom and Paul takes the opportunity to hobble out of the flat because he just doesn't want to be getting into this conversation right now. <clears throat> he turns up at the party later. So party central at the Rovers, midway through the afternoon, perfect time for a stag and hen do. He, um, he said, oh, I just had to, you know, to, to get some ice on my ankle, Jenny. That's why I sloped off earlier. And that, then Jen, Gemma turned. Gemma turns up. Well, she's got this bag of um, mystery items that she wants to (laughs) strew over the tables in the Rovers, and we don't get to see this. We have to kind of use it to our own imagination. But Jenny's like, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get shut down if you put those out there." She was like, "No, thank you very much." She said something about Blackpool. I thought that was so good and also well acted by both. It was very, it was very well done. And then she says. Oh, she's never going to let us play pin the tail on the donkey now, which makes me wonder what kind of tail the donkey's missing. Well, exactly. Um, so anyway, <laughs> later on, yeah, there, there's a, there's like, there's a Mr. and Mrs. kind of game later, which seems to boil down to where have we shagged? And and Gemma and Chesney are trying to reel off as many places as they can think of, like surely, the kebab shop on at the market. Surely nowhere since the quads have been born, as far as they're mm. complain. Um, anyway, so. Then we have another over-edited scene of Paul sitting in the um, the chair by the door and everything's going a bit slow motion for him and the sound's a bit wibbly-wobbly and he's just looking really sad and it wasn't necessary. And Gemma notices this because she's got that special twin psychic powers thing and um, they have she this little real. sign language exchange. I was thinking recently that Gemma's not been doing her sign language much recently. They went through a phase where... Almost every time the character spoke, she was signing at the same time. And I wonder whether they purposefully taken that out. Did people find it annoying or was it just unnecessary? I'm going to say a lot of people thought it was pandery and and kind of rubbing your nose in it, which I don't agree with because it felt to me very realistic if you were Gemma and you were trying to learn sign language. I think you would use the signs when you communicated with other people to just keep your practice up. Well, maybe now, maybe now time has passed and she's a bit more, is fluent the right word? I don't know. Maybe she doesn't doesn't... need to do all of that. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, it's the perfect time when I was learning sign language, which I've all forgotten now. um, I used to talk to my friend across the English class using sign language. And we got, I forgot you did that. uh, Yeah, we got told off. Yeah. Got banned. It um, got banned just like it did when it was at oh uh, oh yeah Leslie Joseph Street. School yeah. Um, then we have Izzy come in and I said on the podcast recently didn't I? I said when's I hope that Izzy and Paul have a nice scene together where they talk about you know, life in a wheelchair and everything. And obviously Izzy at this point has got no idea why Paul's asking her about this. But he's saying oh how do you do, how do you able to stay such a positive chipper kind of character when you're in a wheelchair and uh, is it and, and is it hard being you and she's like says you know what anyone can say that about themselves the reason why I'm happy all the time is because I'm absolutely bloody brilliant and I think I quite liked that I don't know whether it's true to say that Izzy is happy all the time I think she generally is all over over um Craig's um secondment party last week and almost didn't get invited because she was being such a sour puss I think that the thing is when she's put next to Beth yep you know anyone is, would be as he is yeah but i don't i, I liked that um i i, I just love sherry houston's think... positivity that she brings to, and it's like i don't care yeah i'm in a wheelchair it's not stopping me from being you know my full self right just to say in izzy's izzy situation a wheelchair 
I think when you look, when you're able-bodied and you look at somebody's in a wheelchair, you think, oh, that must be so restrictive. I wouldn't like that because it seems very difficult. But actually, it enables her to do so many more things than she would be able to do. Yeah. But it's going to be different for Paul, isn't it? Will it will be different for Paul. For Paul, it's like this is my, you know, my prison. My body, well, my body is my prison, and. But that, that you can say the same thing for anybody who's in, in who's in a wheelchair. Mm. Um, but we've been sort of clamouring for this discussion between Paul and Izzy. I really, really hope that they do more than just this one scene. If you listen to our Maud Grimes character profile, you'll hear another situation which Coronation Street handled very well, which was when Maud, who was always in a wheelchair, had this uh, sort of wake-up call for Jim McDonald, who had been um, having to use a wheelchair after he had fallen off scaffolding and he couldn't walk anymore. And she kind of gave him a bit of a talking to, didn't she? And mm. kind of made him stop wallowing in self-pity and realise that he had more to live for than he realised. I don't know if that situation is going to make any sense for Paul and Izzy, but yeah. I really would like Because when we're, a with Paul, once he's in the wheelchair, things are just going to keep on getting worse. The thing is about it is it's all very nice to say, oh yeah, it's fine... I'm happy as I am. But sometimes, especially if you're Paul, you want someone to just go, yeah, it's crap, isn't it? I'm so sorry. Mm. It isn't great. And and just leave it at that. You don't need to say but or, you know, at least you, at least this. You, you can just say to somebody, this is a really crap situation. Mm. I'm sorry. I wonder whether we'll see him interact with other other people who've got his condition you know people who we can really see eye to eye with and who are both going on this terrible journey together that's that's kind of what the the wife the wife a few weeks ago came on i don't think they would bother doing that and also have somebody else that particular wife was you know she didn't necessarily help she just was saying she was there to say oh isn't it expensive no she was saying you you don't even you don't even understand what's happening you're focused on on the goal you're not the goal but you're focused on the finish line you're thinking about what will happen at the end i'm telling you there's a lot more to worry about between then and now than than what's going to happen at, at the end of the situation i just like the idea of paul having someone to connect with someone else yeah. who is also going on a similarly hopeless journey and that they can maybe bond with or I something i can't see that being heartwarming i don't i don't i don't know what any of this is going to be heartwarming that's kind of the problem with it maybe but anyway um Gemma and chesney are there uh, but hang on i just want to say it's not it's not everyone this is the thing. This is the sort of thing, I guess, you know, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but people, you know, in situations like Izzy finds herself in, it always feels as though the person is kind of morally bound to make everyone else feel better mm. on their behalf. Yeah. I don't, don't worry, don't mind me. I'm perfectly happy. I'm brilliant. I don't, I don't mind at all. And because people don't like it when you point out the inconvenient truth about how disabled people are treated and how difficult it can be. And, you know? Mm. Hashtag taking the diss. Well, I'm just saying that it it does feel a bit like there's this kind of patronising expectation upon disabled people to make everyone else feel better about not feeling guilty about the fact that 
people are suffering. Yeah, no, Do you no, see no. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I don't like this idea that Izzy, Izzy has to sort of say, oh, don't worry about me, everything's fine. I, that that's why although I liked that scene I still hope that there is more to come between them because Paul is going to be there like this as well he's already done this a little bit to kind of try to track uh, crack jokes with with Dee Dee and stuff mm. but I think the realest um, interactions he ever has is with Damon because he doesn't he doesn't care what Damon thinks of him he hasn't got any social expectations or um, uh <sighs> He doesn't owe him anything. Mm. So he can be real with him and be like, this is crap. I've got no time left. I I can't cope with this. Yeah, I and really... Damon comes into it again in today's yeah. episode, doesn't he? I think and he's that like saying, you two... just need to, you know, you need to get up and do something. So mate, when while you're, you're still saying, can. oh, I wish he had somebody else he could talk to, I think Damon's that for him. He's not experiencing what, what Paul's going through, but he's literally, because even Dee Dee, Paul's trying to, he needs something from her. Or he's trying to soften the blow a little bit. Or he's trying to stop her from getting him to tell Anybody. Billy. Yeah. But, but Damon and, and Paul are like the most raw and real they've ever been with anybody yeah, between no, each other. True. And I think that that is a really fascinating relationship that Coronation Street has developed. And I think it also reflects really well on both their characters and the development of their characters. Yeah, I'm still not a big Damon fan. But I think when he, if he's being used this way, mm. like we saw tonight... It's a good, Good I use of the character. Him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Billy comes and sits down next to Paul and's like, "Is there is there something wrong with you? Is there anything up that you're not telling me?" Um, he's like really worried that he thinks Paul's going to be dumping him. He says, am I, "Am I one of the things that's worried you?" And Paul's like, "No, no, I'm fine. It's just you know the wedding. I want to get back to work. It's my head's just battered at the moment." Um, and Ches uh, Chesney's also they're speaking with Gemma and Gemma's like I, I'm really really worried about Paul he's he's not right I know what we can do to, to put him on this um get him on the up stick a bit of PJ and Duncan on the jukebox oh what well it was nice is... at the first time and now it's just a sad symbol of all the things he's lost yeah the, so this was this was the track that they danced to on their birthday a couple of years ago wasn't it let's get ready to humble and also and uh and, and... also Ant and Deck Oh. <laughs> and uh, and and Gemma's like saying, "Come on, Paul, let's get and dance. We know the moves." And he's like, "No, no, we can't." And he's on, getting yeah, more just... and more frustrated, isn't he? Because he, he probably, he, you know, he'd love nothing better than to get up and rumble with his sister, but he knows he can't do it, and he doesn't want anybody to know that he can't do it. So it ends up in just him snapping at her and saying, "Look, I just don't want to. I'm not in the mood." And that was really tragic because I I do really enjoy the relationship between Paul and Gemma their little twin thing that they got going on and to see him kind of biting her head off at a stag do was kind of sad it was really sad because it was supposed to be a happy day for her yeah and, and she she's... just ends up kind of getting miffed off in the snug area she thought she could rely on Paul and she put this song on because like you said they danced to this together on their birthday mm. and and the other thing that Gemma's probably thinking is that they're twins and they always do everything together yeah and this is the first time she's really done anything significant apart from having babies which you know i don't know is it, what, is it significant Marshall? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first time she's ever done anything you know, lifey without paul mm. and she wants him to be part of part of the celebration well especially because of the financial contribution that he's made to the wedding yeah, as well and she also, wants to thank him for, but he's just having a rubbish time it looks like think about this this the symbolism here involved also in the fact that Gemma's launching a life without Paul. And this is what will happen when Paul dies. And he's just thinking this. Mm. She's on a journey now. I can't go with her. And I won't be able to go with her 
when I'm dead mm. and that will be much sooner than we both ever thought would happen. Yeah. It's just horrible. Yeah, and the, and the episode ends on a massive downer as well because he ho- kind of hobbles out the rovers. <sighs> She's there following and saying, look, what's, what's oh, wrong yeah. with you? I don't believe that you got a bad ankle. There's something else. And he has to... You know, he has to then massively lie and just say, I'm just fed up with the wedding. That's all you bang on about. I can't wait for this to be over. It's just such a hassle. Tell you what, you can walk, you can find someone else to walk you at the flaming aisle because I'm not doing it. And he just ends the episode stalking off. And um, tragic stuff. Um, And it just keeps on rolling on Friday because today's the day of his um, court appearance at the magistrate's court for, for stealing that car a month or two back, whenever it was. So he's on the grump over breakfast. He blames the lack of strawberry pop tarts. Do you see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode sponsored by strawberry pop tarts. I I Don't I, I was a I was a late taster. convert to strawberry pop tarts because I used to be chocolate pop tarts all the way when I was a kid. But just you know, not that we have pop tarts very often. But I did partake in a strawberry one in the last few years, and I agree, quite nice. Although I think it was a little bit of a cliche thing to have, you know, Paul. The, the unicorn-wearing gay man of the street preferring strawberry Pop-Tarts over chocolate Pop-Tarts, which are clearly the much more masculine flavour. Everyone knows chocolate is a man's flavour. Yeah, it's And true. strawberry is for women only. Women women and gay characters, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, Michael. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's saying to Billy, you're <clears throat> fed up with this wedding, I'm not going to the wedding anymore. And Billy, they keep... At least three or four times in the script today, Paul's saying, I'm swerving it. I'm swerving the wedding. I'm swerving my court appearance. Get a thesaurus, whoever wrote tonight's episode. Um, and Billy says, look, if you do that, you're going to regret it. You've got to go to this wedding. I don't think when I look at Paul, like, expansive vocabulary. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe it was in character. Yeah. So um, he, he's with Dee Dee again later. She's she trying to cheer him up as best she can. And he tells her about... Dance. She goes... <laughs> she does the she does the office dance. She's like, "Hey, Faye's gone to slab." <laughs> not really, but it would be good if she did. <coughs> he says, "I'm not going to the wedding," and she's like, "You kind of got to." Um, and he's like, "Well, you know what? This time next week, I might even be behind bars." Um, so, pfft. so Dee Dee bumps into Gemma and Bernie in the street later, and they both got cops on over how Paul abandoned them at the stag do the uh, last night. It wasn't a and, stag do. Uh, stag slash Hindu. It wasn't kind of anything. It was really, it was really low key, wasn't it? It they, was okay. It was just a party. Why I, does everyone make it such a big deal about? I preferred Daisy's a couple of weeks ago. That's all I'm saying. What's she do? Stuff. I don't know. It just seemed a lot more fun. Well, she had those, those nasty mean girls turn up at hers, didn't oh, they? Yeah. But I don't remember. Just have a party. It felt like it was sandwiches. a bigger thing. It was, I felt like it was bigger for Daisy, but anyway, I complained about everything. Um, so Bert, Bernie's like, I'm going to go and have a, I'm gonna have a talk to my Apollo. Goes buzzing around in the flat, but Paul's there saying, I can't speak to anyone, don't now, want to speak on. to me, Mum. She sees over Yeah, she sees Dee that Dee Paul is, is there Paul's through the window. Paul's glaring out the window like a Hitchcock heroine. Mm. Um, so she she tries to get him, but he's just, he just turns the volume up because he's like, he's not, he's not ready for this. Um, what Billy, do you think he's watching? Um, that, that new not Philip Schofield. Oh. <laughs> um, he's probably watching My Little Pony or something, isn't no, he? No, Michael. Oh, this is what think, Coronation Street wants us to think that Paul's into. I think he's watching that new prehistoric uh, nature documentary on Apple. 
You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the lawyer's office later, Billy comes around to see Dee Dee and says, what's going on with Paul? He's been acting really weird later. Uh, lately, sorry. And she says, no, 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 it's fine. It's, you know, he just... It, it's fine. He's, he's okay. And he's like, no, you know something, don't you? Is, is Paul finishing with me? He's like mega insecure this week, isn't he? And Dee Dee says, no, no, that's not the case. Well, it kind of is in a way. And Billy says, look, you God. would tell me, wouldn't you, if there's something that you know that I don't. Um, cut to the magistrate's court later, and Paul has decided to add a little bit of pre-break drama by not turning up because he's, he's, swerving, he's it. swerving it, yeah, to go to Victoria Gardens. And uh, who should come along there to give him a bit of a pep talk but Damon Hay, who Are says... Are swerving it? He said, you swerving it? Yeah, I'm swerving it. Yeah, he I said, am. you can't swerve it. You need to... You need I to, will, I'm going to swerve it. You need to just get to that court, tell him you'll be fine, and then you need to go and live life to your fullest while you still can. Well, this was interesting, because he was basically saying to him, you're not dead yet, if I was you, I'd do this, that, and the other thing. Mm. But you can't do that if you're going to get yourself in trouble by not turning up when like, you got you your court case. You buy a plastic jacket. Mm. So um, he, uh, he goes to the magistrate's court. There was very little drama in him delaying his appearance there. But anyway, fortunately... Well, the magistrate was late as well. Yeah, well, yeah, they were, but they didn't even need that necessarily. I just it was, it was a very minor, oh, is he going to go to the court or not? It felt like a bit of a time-filling thing, but I don't know. Um, what was a bit confusing... Well, I was confused at the time, and I thought I'd missed something, which does happen, is that Billy is also there. We, When Dee Dee and Paul go into the room, into the courtroom, we see Billy kind of looking worriedly. Lurking at, about. Yeah, lurking about at the at the map or whatever to see where, where they, he should be going. So they go and sit into the courtroom. Billy comes in as well. And um, he's, Turns out he just likes, he's like, man, then what have you done? He's like Blanche. He just likes to go watch court cases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Paul Paul worries that because, you know, he's going to, Billy's got to find out about his well, yeah. medical condition now because this has Billy. been submitted into the court records. And so they're definitely going to be bringing it up. And they do after about five seconds yeah. of it starting. The, the magistrate's like, right, I'm not beating him out of the bush. It's really because of the shortest court appearance ever on coronation she's like don't be about the bush you got in and mnd that sucks you're on you're on um suspended sentence don't be naughty in the next year the magistrate is like how, Dismissed. how could i punish you more than god has already mm. and then billy's like oh this is awkward well, we, we see billy's reaction to um, billy was, the news oh. oh so sad what no i thought this was all well acted he yes he gets a bit teary doesn't he well i mean what how what's he supposed to do like Go, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. What do you mean, MND? Yeah. It was, it was. And then, and then the, the court DJ does record scratch. <laughs> do they have them, do they? Yeah, they do. They've got. They should have done that when Justin pled um, not guilty a few weeks ago. When Ooh. when he did, when he said his birthday, they went, wiki, wiki, rewind. What did you say? 1988. 1988. 1984. 1984 to 1984. No, no, that was terrible. Um, so anyway, so Billy's found this out. Isn't that shocking? Um, yes, but it is. Bernie, meanwhile, is at number five trying to get out of Gemma. What's, what's going on with you and Paul? And Gemma's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. And, um, and Bernie says, I'm going to go find out. And I'm going to get him onto that wedding. Don't you, you worry. So anyway, um, back to the court, we find out that the reason that Billy knew to turn up there was because he'd discovered a letter at home summoning Paul to court on that day. He's and not very good like... at covering his tracks, is he, Paul? 
I just like. Also, when it when is that really the best they could have come up with for the reason get, that Billy had to be there? When you get something wrong with you, you end up with so much post from the hospital. I'm surprised that this the hospital letters didn't come um, to his notice before the whole court summons did. <laughs> anyway, for you know, very conveniently, he's there. He's found out everything, and um, Paul's. Like he's just on the defensive at this point. He wasn't expecting to have this conversation no. right now, and he's like, "Well, yeah, you know, me and you, we haven't got a future now, have we?" So, Hang on, um, did you say that he's the trial's like, "Yeah, you're not going to prison, but yeah, don't... suspended oh, yeah, sentence." Did, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he he tries to push past Billy as a fall over, and Billy catches him, and it's like, "Oh, isn't it tragic?" Together, so they go back to the flat, and Paul pretty oh. much tells him anything. I don't. Th- is there anything that Paul hasn't told him at the moment? Are we missing anything important I here? I can't so. remember. So he says, yeah, I stole the cars. Um, I've got my MND. I've got this much long to live. And, and he talked about how stealing these cars, Rufus's car and everything, um, made him feel good. And it's like, this is the only thing in my life that I can be in control of at the moment. Um, I can, you know, I'm going to be able to do jackal before long. Um, so I can't it, work. I can't do anything. I yeah, and, and and you know, so there's that. And then uh, on the other hand, I'm worrying about needing all my equipment. This is why I didn't tell you. I didn't want to burden you with this. The funeral costs and everything. And Biddy's there sobbing away. And then Paul brings up this miracle cure and says, even by this point, I think it's kind of sunk, sunk in. in for Paul that that's that's not, not going to work. For Twist. It does. <laughs> We don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen for the future of this storyline. Maybe in the surprise Britain's Got Talent Week twist, he gets tested positive for this and he's all hopping and jumping down the aisle in time for the wedding. I don't know. Um, so anyway, Billy is there um, and and then Bernie starts buzzing up at the, the, the flat again. And well, Billy's she lets like, herself in. No, no, Billy lets. Billy oh, lets she comes in. in. Yeah. Um, and she... Has she, a go at him. Yeah. That she doesn't notice that they've both been just crying their hearts out because she's too busy telling them off for being an ass for Gemma. She's probably like drama queens. Probably summer's fallen over again. I don't care. They've probably been just been watching another rom com again or something. And uh, anyway, no. The reason that she's gone is to deliver the message that I will never forgive you if you don't turn up to this wedding. And Billy's like, she she goes, and Billy says, or. Why, why, why aren't you going to this? And he says, I need to stay out of Gemma's way. I, she's already suspicious that there's something going on here with me. I want her to have a happy day. If she's there asking questions, there's a potential that she might find out. Don't want that. She needs to have the best day possible and she can't do that with me there. And then he has another cry at the end of the episode and says he's really scared. Well, this is tragic because I wonder if we're going to get Billy's perspective on this because we have or do we know I can't remember if we suspected or we knew that one of his parishioners has this and is yeah I can't remember actually terminal well it's always terminal and he's trying to sort out his end of life care and, and so if this is this person has the same condition that that Paul has he's watched this happen in mm. front of his eyes and now he's got to see his boyfriend go through it as well yeah. I really wonder whether this is going to end up leading to Coronation Street's first gay wedding. I know. I, I, I was I, thinking that same thing tonight. Like I'm in two minds about it because it's long overdue. We've said this for a long time. We know that Billy has always had this kind of um, idea that he's not confronting his the problematic aspects of his faith in that 
the, the you know the Church of England I don't think recognises gay marriage I can't I don't know what the rules are anymore um, but I don't think they would allow it but he's maybe he's going to hijack Gemma's wedding and says you know Paul while we're here well double wedding for the twins makes sense on the one hand I would like this I just imagine it would be very sad but on the other hand this really just feeds into the kill your gaze trope that mm. people were complaining about and are we going to end up with a situation where there was almost one gay wedding and then the person died right on the day, which was Rana. And then there was another gay wedding and then the person who, one of the people in that wedding, dies, you know, months after. If it, if it doesn't happen, I'm sure that in Cory Writer's room they will have at least considered the idea. I'm sure but there really, were people... But really, the only reason that, you, you know, the only benefit of it is... To make it even more tragic when he dies. It will make it make... more tragic and it will get Coronation Street in the in the, in the papers. Why? For, been... for good or ill, because I think that they've passed the stage at which they're going to get a pat on the head for this, if they ever oh, expected yeah. to. Yeah. This is long overdue. I, I just think that their first gay wedding needs to be a full-on happy... Yeah, exactly, and not tinged with tragedy, which this one would be. Because, yeah, because already there are loads of people who, you know, oh, I don't mind, I don't mind gay people, but they, they look down on gay relationships and they all, they think they're, they're tragic because they you can't have children, etc. All these myths and, and stupid stereotypes and hang-ups that people have about gay marriage, it kind of would feed into that, wouldn't it? To mm. have, to have this doomed... Yeah. And... Doomed marriage. And, and with this particular story going on Let, let's say they don't get married I mean B- Billy's not going to be getting married to anyone else anytime soon so that just pushes yet again the first gay marriage on Coronation Street back 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 and, Can you imagine? unless unless there's you know other characters well if they bring in a, two characters who are gay who are in a sort of very long-term relationship can you imagine if Coronation Street's first gay wedding was just literally we we go to Billy at the beginning of an episode he's just you're just officiating one, and then it's just a throwaway scene at the beginning with two characters not even named. I mean, do you think that? <laughs> do you think? Yeah, we've done it now. You're we've happy, done it, everybody. Right, shut up about it now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of still wondering, you know, what's going to happen with, with Billy in the romance stakes after Paul's eventual demise, and is he gonna, is he gonna bond with Todd over this? I'm kind of interested to see. Oh, it could because drive I, them I, together. I think that Billy and Todd. Have got a lot more chemistry than yeah. Billy and Paul. Even so new I'm, Todd, yeah. I'm, yeah, even new Todd, who is again severely underused. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see some scenes <sighs> between those two, or even Billy and Sean, or something. Well, hang on, you've just brought up Todd, and you know when they were when um, Paul and Billy were talking, and he was saying about his funeral. You know, we're thinking he can get a discount probably because because of Todd, mm. but how I want to see the scene and I don't want them to not do this scene where Paul and Billy and Todd are talking about Paul's funeral because that is going to be an incredibly Mm. affecting scene that could be incredible performance wise from those three actors I think you know how we've you know, we've kind of made fun of the three gay dads thing and it but what a weird way for this relationship of these three men who are linked by this girl to end with 
to with the three of them planning one of the funerals mm. of the, of these men because one of them's an undertaker and the other one's got a terminal illness. Yeah. So that reminds me actually, we've not seen Summer at all this week, have we? And she, she'd and be an added complication. I mean, the, the, I'm not the big question how is, she's going to react, no, to be really. honest. She's probably, she, oh, you know, she's going to gonna gonna faint. I know. Let's just be, be real about this. When's it going to come out? Do you think we're going to get through this wedding without the news? Well, okay. Is it going to be a, you know, a, a reception revelation or... When Paul was t- talking about the wedding and saying that he didn't want to go and he didn't want to upset her and he didn't want it to come out and he didn't want it to be the only thing that she remembered about the wedding. I was thinking, if you don't go and she looks back on those pictures and you're not in it and she knows you didn't go because you were dying, that's going to be so much worse than if you went and told her. I'm sure he'll go. I mean, I... I I know he's... I'm positive he's going to go. I, I've seen, yes, yeah, some pictures of Gemma in the wedding dress and, and I've seen what Chesney's going to wear, I've seen what the quads are going to wear, but I haven't seen any other guests there. But no. I, I I don't know for certain, certain whether he's going to go, but he is going to go, isn't he? Surely. He's going to be, he's, somebody's going to convince him and he's going to turn up. I think he's probably going to be able to walk down, walk her down the aisle. Maybe a little trip, possibly. She's going to be holding him up. But... I do. I don't. I don't tragic. need it. I really don't need it to come out of the wedding. I want it to be. I a, think it will do. I think because it's this come is Gemma's wedding. Yeah, it's this come should out before, be. And she's going to be so brave and lovely. You reckon before? Do you? Yeah, I do. I think that. I think that. Um, but has Bernie got it out of them? No. Bernie's going to get it out of them. I just. And want, then she's going to tell Gemma. If anyone's wedding is going to be just. Fun, it's not it gonna should be, fun. be Gemma's, but it can't be. It can't, Michael. Yeah, it it's can't, gonna no be no matter what. It can't be fun and and carefree because we know. Mm. Yeah, Even if Gemma true. doesn't know, we're gonna see Paul's expression as he tries to walk down the aisle. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah bittersweet, but I'd rather it would be bittersweet than just ruined because it comes out right in the middle of it or something. It's not fair on Gemma to, to not give her any time to process this. But I do feel as though that's what is going to happen. And I think there's going to be a little bit of unrealistic reaction from Gemma where she just says, you know... I really, really doesn't hope. matter because I'm only getting married once anyway, so you're going to be here for it. You know, some, she's going to say something brave and wonderful and I'm... we're all going to cry. I really, really hope that Dolly does an amazing job. She will do. I think. I think she probably will. I think she's going to be good. I've not read. I've not really had any doubts about her. All the performances, these actors are. And all... Bernie Jane Hazelgrove is <sighs> superb. Absolutely. Fantastic. But we. I don't think we've seen much of that kind of side of her, have we? She's been more of a you know, comedy character. Yeah, there's been a bit of stuff with Cal and everything where she had to be a bit more dramatic but I don't think there's been a whole lot where she's had to be completely raw and emotional and the, the kind of things that are going to be required for this well she's going to think I think she's going to be amazing you know, I think the, she might surprise people oh I, she won't surprise me because I'm expecting great things because mm. I've seen her doing it yeah but you know she's, she's a mother who's going to have to watch her son her grown son die mm. and you, you don't expect that to happen when you're a parent to watch your child and she's also going to think is it something i've done wrong did i when i you know is there anything i could have done differently or less raving it, while i was pregnant <laughs> is it my genetics or mm. yeah, i think i think she will yeah <coughs> so i 
I don't. Do you think it's just going to come out? You know, is he just going to fall gonna be over? It's going to be a big and... They're all going to be getting ready, and Gemma's going to be trying to get um every, everything together, and then she's going to stumble, and she's going to be all right, and then and then Bernie's going to be like, "Poor, can I talk to you in the kitchen?" And then she's going to get out of him, and then she's going to tell Gemma, and then there's going to be a scene when everybody's left, and it's Gemma and Paul, and they have to go to the 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 wedding together, and they have a heart to heart. But but and she's I, d- gonna I say don't know why Paul tragic like I we came in together and I thought we were gonna leave together and then you've ruined that but, <laughs> and, and and it's gonna be sad because if you're a twin you have that extra bond and you did come into the world together and you don't know when you're gonna leave but you never expected it to be that soon. No. I just don't think that Paul you know he's so determined not for her to find out. I it feels like at the moment nothing could convince him. To reveal be this before control. the wedding, it's not going to be done. I to don't, him. but I, t- I don't want it to be Billy. Billy's not going to do it, but if he does, I'll give him a bloody I, shake. I, I, I can, I can totally imagine him doing it. I can imagine him saying, "Well, actually, everybody," and kind of ruin it because he does like things to be about himself sometimes. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want it to be. I right, let's move. I, on. I, I, I hope, sad. I hope that the the Daisy. Justin Ryan side of this storyline adds kind of some excitement because if this if this is the main story of the week, that's just going to be such a downer, isn't it? Well, it makes some good reels really, for the really stables, doesn't it? Yeah. What what we want to happen, of course, is for for Henry to come riding in on his uh, on his <sighs> white stallion and then just whisk Gemma away. You're like, hello, everybody. I've come to Remember win me? you back, Gemma, and also, I don't know if this is relevant to anybody here, but I've cured MND just in my spare time. <laughs> Here's the piece of paper with the cure on it. I'm just going to drop that on the floor. This would just be the perfect time for Henry to come back. Um, but I think that they were making... unlikely. It seems unlikely. And the thing is, like, <laughs> everyone apart from the Coronation Street people want... Henry and Gemma would rather ha- Gemma was with Henry, I think, don't they, than than Chesney? But Corey's Nobody like, we'd, we'd, if, if Henry if Henry came back, he'd have to, you know, be be foiled in his plans to woo well, Gemma away thing. from Chesney, and then it'd just get his just be like the last time when he got his collarbone broken. Here's the thing, though, Gemma and Henry, we've always been pulling for them too, and we I've never been convinced with Gemma and Chesney. I think they I hate them together, but. If it's kind of Paul's dying wish that his his uh, sister gets the wedding of her dreams to the man of her dreams, and then after he's died, Henry comes and breaks Gemma and Chesney up, is that just <laughs> bad karma? Everybody falls. Everybody splits up in Coronation Street. I, I, Who? I'm just thinking that you know, are Gemma and Ches- are Gemma and Chesney going to go the distance? Doubt it. Hope not. Okay. Um, and I'll also, say that when they asked me to do the speech at the reception, I would I would like to just say lovely um, fashion choice from Gemma with her pink cowboy hat for the stag do. Enjoyed that. Um, so um, on to more misery and and heartfelt conversations and and people keeping a stiff upper lip and everything as tragedy goes on. Phase off. I feel like I'm out of sympathetic commentary. Well, we've got, guess, got to have we've more already, to come we, Right, if you have. A great need of in-depth discussion about phase exit. I think the bonus episode is the place to go for this. Well, let... I feel completely drained now. Well, it's. I'm sorry, but it's your turn to say. What On happened. Monday, 
Craig tries to make Faye a fancy breakfast, but she's not interested. So she goes to have a shower. Strawberry Pop-Tarts and everything. <laughs> and she comes back. Craig's like, what's up? Have you got MND? No, <laughs> I thought we were cool. And she says, look, I don't like the idea of you blackmailing me over Ted. Because that's what happened last week. But he was kind Thank of insinuating Craig. that he's keeping <laughs> her secret. If you leave me, I'm going to dob you it's in. It's like, I've, I've sacrificed so much for the secret that you and Emma killed Ted... And it's like, well, the guy's grandkid didn't care, so everyone else has moved on. But, he'd get himself into trouble, though, wouldn't he, if he... Well, if he... He's, he's... Yeah, anyway. So he's like, oh, look, I, I didn't mean it. I just said I, something stupid because I was scared of losing you. I love you, and I would never do anything to hurt you. He's just in desperation on by Monday, isn't he? Because he can feel that she is slipping between those fingers. Desperation Street. At the cafe, Craig says to Faye... That they should buy their own flat and then we should and then get married and things. And Faye's He's like, just like anything, stay with me, stay with me, don't leave me, please. <laughs> Craig's like, if I can't get you to marry me and buy a flat, would you at least commit to Nando's next week? <laughs> and she's like, Oh, in Slough? <laughs> <laughs> so she says, Look, um uh, uh, there's no rush. Like, we don't need to do anything drastic and Craig says no 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 we need to make concrete plans for the future why don't we get a hamster <laughs> I heard there's a chinchilla cage going down the street mm. Beth hounds Craig and says why are you still with Faye after everything that's happened I don't want you to get hurt and he says I've, I'm, she's made a mistake but I trust her now and you need to stop being a hypocrite and you need to be happy for us so this is what Beth's referring to the fact that it all came out that Jackson and Faye had kissed yeah. at the party Tim chats with Faye back at home and he's like, I can tell that you don't want to get a flat and you're not that into it. And she says, I'm just thinking about Miley and I think I'd miss her. And he says, it looked like you were going to end up with Jackson for a while there. Um, But I'm glad you're sticking with Craig and I'll help you with this flat deposit if you want. But just don't move too far away. I thought that was a lovely scene. She did did get some nice moments with family members before she... um... Gather her classic Corrie taxi exit. So Marley and Jackson turn up and they want to go <laughs> to their favourite place, which is the precinct, before they go to Slough. And Faye's like, I can't, I've got so busy. Gary comes round and she has a go at him for setting her up with um, Jackson the other day. And she's like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do, what can I do? And, she, and he says, go to Slough. Go to Slough, you obviously want to. And she says, but I love Craig. And Gary says, you clearly love Jackson. And why don't you go, go for it, be with your daughter. And Faye says, I can't because Craig knows something about me that if it came out, I would end up in prison. So she's like, hang on, wait for the camera to turn off and I'll tell you everything. So a bit later on, we realize, you know, we come back to them and she's told him everything about the fact she ran over the biscuits and then the man and then he died. And Gary's like, why the hell didn't you tell anybody? This is silly. And she says, look, Craig helped me out I owe him my freedom and Gary says don't keep yourself a prisoner for the rest of his life I'm gonna go and find him and sort him out so Beth tries to catch Craig again and have a moan about Faye and he says no I've got things under control I'm staying with Faye that's final then (laughs) when he leaves Gary marches up and is like right get up them stairs so they go into the flat and Faye's already up there and Gary confronts him and says I know about the blackmail and Craig's like oh no oh oh." gets really nervous and Beth Craig was just like a massive chicken during this scene wasn't he he's he's supposed to be 
at CID, is he? Well, maybe this is why they want him for CID because you know he's good the, at doing he, 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 cop. The, 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 the uniform officers on the street actually have to come, you know, face to face on the streets. Yeah. With the criminals, and Craig's too much of a Jesse for that. <laughs> Do you reckon? So Beth calls on the intercoms. Oh, getting very dramatic. He'd rather just be like, just give him a give him a magnifying glass and a funny hat, and just tell him to go. Tell and him look to at go things. down the precinct and look for a clue. <laughs> Beth comes in and says, I can tell something's up, what's going on? So they all keep quiet, but Beth wants answers. And then Faye manhandles Gary out before he incriminates everybody. So Beth and Craig are left alone in the flat. And Craig admits to Beth that Faye, he doesn't think Faye wants him anymore. But she's he's not going to tell anybody about this Ted thing. He just wants to let her go. So Faye and Gary go to the pub. And Faye's like, I just don't want to be blackmailed anymore, but I do still love Craig. And who's to say that it would even work out if I went to smile with Jackson? It just feels like a bit of a mess. And Tim joins them, and it's obvious that he wants her to stay mm. in Weatherfield. Because yeah, so by the time Monday's episode ends, there's you know conflicting views from the two family members, isn't there? And Gary's... Tim's being just a little bit selfish, really, isn't he? Yes, he can see that, you know... She's she's not really in love with Jackson and she's just doing it for Faye, but equally he doesn't want to lose her. Um, but with Gary, he's saying, no, you go for it, spread your wings. And I think that's that's probably... Is that the best advice? I don't know. I still, I still can't really decide because I'm just... I'm stuck on the fact that she really doesn't seem to have any proper feelings for Jackson and she's just banking on hoping that something develops. And that's not a really good foundation if, no. for moving away to, uh, to slough with anybody. <laughs> the best advice would be split up with Craig if you don't see a future with him and then commute to slough and see if you can develop a relationship with Jackson that would actually make sense to move in with him because at the moment it's just like, <coughs> she's moving to slough to like live with this man that she doesn't know. Yeah, it's, it's just like, weird. Are they sharing a bed the first night, or yeah, is she like, happening? is she like being the maid in How their new awkward house? Or would it be if you were Faye, like on the first night in Slough, and like so? So I see there's a double here. <laughs> it's really the more you think about it, it doesn't make sense, but we won't think about it because that's not our job, is it? Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> on Wednesday, Faye Faye comes into the living room and she's got this horrible outfit on, which is. I'm glad that it was supposed to be a joke, but I have seen people wear worse. Yeah, it had just weird sleeves, didn't it? Like, it was like ruched, like, uh, laced sleeves, mm. poofy sleeves, and it was just horrible. She's like, hey, what do you think? And Craig's like, uh, oh, I don't he, know. He, it's he not, barely it's not even great. notices because and, and he's she's, somewhat distracted. She's upset because this is Miley's leaving day. But then Craig's like, go and change, you moron. What are you wearing that for? Hope you've left the labels on it. So they decide to have a family photo. Luckily, Faye has changed and she managed to crack a smile. And Gary, Gary's there and he can sense this tension between Faye and Craig. And they all gather for goodbye hugs and Faye is struggling to hold it together. So back at the flat later, Craig tells Faye, don't do this. Don't You don't need to do this anymore. Don't pretend everything's okay. And she says, well, maybe it will be. If I just carry on pretending, maybe everything will be all right. And Craig says, or maybe it won't be. So Gary says that. I know it was fake, Craig, wasn't it? I'll just shut up. Craig says, <laughs> maybe it won't be. Maybe you'll never be happy with me. But right now, 
you have a choice. If you want to, you can go and be with Miley and Jackson and you can be together. So they sit on the sofa together and Faye says to Craig, I do love you. And he says, enough, do you love me as much as you love him? And she says, I don't love Jackson. And so Craig tells her if she stays here, she's gonna be settling for second best. And Faye says that we've had our ups and downs. It's been more good times than bad, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll, I, I, I think maybe I do need to go, but will you better forgive me? And he says, I just want to see you happy and I think that you should go and be Yeah, well, he life. points out as well that, you know, it's part of the second best thing. Like, we, we are always going to row, as couples do, and what I don't want is for our rows to always end up with you... Going, you know, I should have gone with Jackson. Yeah, I should have exactly. gone to Yeah, so, so he's being very noble and, and setting her free. It's stupid. So the Hodges like return... And they get a big hug from Faye and Sally and Tim are sad, but they're like, okay, you should leave. And Gary turns up and he's chuffed because they've all decided that she's going. So she gets in the car to go to Sal with Miley and Jackson. Everyone waits All the worldly possessions in a little bag. And then they drive past Craig and Faye's like, stop the car. And she gets out and she gives him a big hug. One last goodbye. Tells him she loves him. Thanks him for everything. And he's trying not to cry. And she walks back to the car and she drives away, never to be seen again. Yeah. So, on Friday, Craig's mortaling in the cafe and Nina's trying to cheer him up. And Tim's missing Faye after speaking to her on the phone. And he's, he feels a bit useless because he didn't really have anything to say. Because like when you he's like saying, when you just come round each other's house, you don't have to have conversations. But on the phone, there's a bit more a bit more drama involved and a bit more focus, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So it's like, look, nobody expects any great conversation from you, Tim. <laughs> Craig comes to the factory to pick up some of Faye's work stuff and he gets talking to Sally. He talks about missing Faye and texting her and, and Sally's trying to cheer him up and says, come round for some Mexican. And she like mispronounces everything that she's going to make. Jalapenos. <laughs> and uh, so Craig does turn up. He must be completely at a loose end. And Sally tries to engineer something fun between Tim and Craig because they're both miserable about Faye going. And then she finds them later on spray painting a rectangle on the summer house because he wants to make a bar which I thought was funny because I was talking to you about doing that with our shed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this, this seemed a, a little unnecessary in today's episode. The, it, yeah. Isn't it sad that Faye's gone and we're all, you know... Well, I wonder if... They, united in our grief. I think what maybe what happened was they said, well, everyone's going to expect some kind of reaction from Craig and then we're going to go into Britain's Got Talent Week and we won't have time for any of that. We're just going to focus on the, these main stories. Yeah, so I'm not expecting this to be a better focus Better cram this week. into Friday so that we sort of acknowledge Faye has left and we give that a bit of room. Mm. But there's no need to go into great depth about it. And if, honestly, if this is the only reaction that Craig and Tim have, I'm not, I won't be surprised or disappointed, to be honest. I don't, I don't know what the future has in store for, for Craig, but I'm not particularly bothered and they can certainly put this one on ice for a good many months before we get to see them again. But well, I don't know, we'll see what happens. I, I really... You, you, I like the exit more than you did. I was just happy that Faye left the show with a smile on her face. I would have... I would have preferred it to be a bit more like the the Maureen Webster exit, where you know Bill was driving down the road in his in, in the taxi, and then Maureen's like, "Stop the car! I'm coming with you!" Hooray! And it was all kind of romantic. I think that would have been quite nice for Faye to have made that decision and said, "Right, Jackson, I'm coming with you." But as it as it was, she still you know seemed like this was the happiest that she'd been for months. So 
it, it could have been worse. It wasn't just her saying, oh, I suppose I'd better go then. Am I making a mistake? You know, I, I, I like the character of Faye and I wouldn't have wanted to see her go in a, in a, you know, in a, in a state. I, I'm not convinced that it is necessarily the best thing for her to do, but I, I thought it was an okay exit and very appropriate for Faye, who is not exactly one of the leading ladies of Coronation Street, should we say. But um, do you want to say like, kind of a little bit about the problem that you had with this? I mean, I, I feel like I ranted about it too much. I don't really want for, to go on about people, it. For people, just, you know, quick the, summary the for people episode. who haven't listened to the, the, the bonus podcast this week. What did I say? I, I, I mean, I think it was a kind of soulless exit in that I don't believe for one minute that anybody would ever say, I love you too much, I'm going to let you free. That, that, that's illogical. It doesn't happen. Craig being the bigger person out of, out of him and Jackson. I don't know, mm. Jackson's pretty tall. I, I just, suppose, I found suppose. it, I found it hollow. And, I didn't, I thought, and there I thought loads that... of, you know, my biggest thing with, with um, Faye was the menopause storyline, which just seemed to be a way to make her wish she had kids and then Miley magically appears and then everything she's ever wanted for five minutes is there ready for her to put it in a bag so she can go to town with it. Mm. I, d- I didn't mind. I thought the dialogue in that those final scenes between Faye and Craig was really nicely written. It felt yes, like... maybe it wasn't genuine, but... It I... felt like a rom-com from the 90s. I, I, did, I didn't get that, but... I, I thought it. I thought it was okay, and it was a. It was a means to an end. I. I just think that maybe. Um. Yeah. Craig's one of his biggest mistakes was that little blackmail, because I think if I was Faye, I'd be thinking even if he's not actually going to dob me in now, he's clearly you know he's not forgotten about this, and he could hold this over me at any point in the future. Well. To, I'm not. I'm not tying myself down with, to somebody like that. To be clear, I thought the writing was great. I thought the performances are all great. I just thought the scenario was a bit fake, and mm. that I don't know what you can do about the fact that you know. I don't know if she wanted to leave or if they decided it was time for Faye to leave. Either way, the character had to leave. How do you engineer an exit? It felt kind of neat the way that they did it, but it also felt very fictional yeah and and like i said on the bonus podcast this week having miley back for Faye's exit was probably a quite a quick decision in the cory writer's room i'm just kind of guessing here like it's not exactly the most creative of exits for her was it but i've enjoyed i've kind of enjoyed seeing miley I, i i don't mind her as a character i've been enjoying her few scenes that she's had we don't need everything to be unexpected and twisty and turny no, no, it, it doesn't need to be. It was, it was <sighs> somewhat believable, but I just didn't like this whole, I'm a noble... You know how you're always going on about what? how you... Listen, how you don't like Paul and you think he's too noble. Yes. And he's fake. Bloody do-gooder. Exactly. That's how I felt about Craig in this story. He's like, oh, I love you, so I will let you go. In real life, if you were Craig and you really genuinely did love, my, d- did love Faye, you'd say... Look, I know what you want, but I'm actually worried that this is not how you're going to... What you think is going to happen is not how this is going to turn out. You're going to move to a new town. You're going to not have your family. You're not going to have your friends. And you're not going to have anybody that you know. What job are you going to do? 
you're moving in with a guy you barely know is he really doing her a kindness to, to sort of let her go like a butterfly in a jar or is he just kind of like shoving her into a, a insect trap <laughs> he's just a massive doormat though isn't he craig and mm. thinking, oh, everything always goes wrong for me. I just felt a bit like I would have preferred a bit of a fight from Craig. And the fact, I guess the fact that he couldn't be bothered to fight for her just proves that she was yeah. right to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. I, yeah, like you said, I don't think we're going to see her again. But... I don't think we're going to see her again. I genuinely don't think we're going to think about her again. Mm. Okay, so let's... Uh, let's. Which is a shame because, like, you know... Let's have a look at I the... I think um... she did a, a, as good a job as she could have done. I think she was... And she, well, I saw the video that they put on about her doing her quiz about Faye and, you know, Ellie. And I thought she was endearing and lovely and charming. And I, yeah, I she... hope that she has a great future career. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we wish her well mm. on the podcast. Right. So the Dimbo Italiano storyline. Um, Isabella, I'm definitely starting to suspect more of being She's secretly evil. evil this week. Um, She's evil because she was she... smoking. Well, yeah, she, she does. She kind of... She's she's not doesn't make herself popular <laughs> with anybody else on the street at the moment, does she? Like Mary, particularly, she's um, really riling up. She like calls her Maria, saying it's a much prettier name at the beginning of Monday's episode. And uh, and when Brian Aldous and Cappuccino, Isabella demands espressos, so she's like, yeah, well, got don't... a bit of a temper towards her. She's got an Italian temperament. Yeah. Um, and so um, they go to the bistro later in the episode and she's kind of dubious about their menu there. He wants to order the bolognese, you know, oh, it's uh, a taste on. of home. And she's like, no, I don't think so. Bolognese. Bolognese. So they they go to, to the Rovers. I would not recommend an Italian eat no, bolognese in any place in this country. You make a good I wouldn't give it to an Italian. <laughs> so they go outside um, uh, the bistro, and, and this is where Isabella offers him a smoke, and he's like, "Oh, well, yeah, I suppose I better," because he's just like desperate to win the approval of this exotic cousin of his that's um, appeared out of nowhere. And he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I used to be a forty-a-day man when back when I was at Oxford, Polly. I think he's done that before. <laughs> I don't think I'm. I'm sure that that it, that has been his." Very, very occasional thing to say Polly under his breath like when he talks he about where. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Mary, Mary sees this and starts stomping over to him and says, what the heck? You don't smoke. <laughs> Why are you doing <laughs> this? my style. This is not the Brian that I know. And he's like, no, but it's the Brian that I always wanted to be. And uh, they, so screw you, Mary, basically. she they, they head back inside, which Mary joins them <laughs> with, and she's trying to act all normal. And um, they talk about the idea, they float the idea of Brian going back to Naples to visit Isabella once her flat is fixed. So she's got something kind of mysterious going on with her flat there. Um, Wednesday's episode, we just get a couple of scenes um, with Brian and Mary and he's saying, oh yeah, you're right, you know, that smoking thing was a bit silly yesterday, I can't believe I was doing it, you know, just to impress her, Isabella, um, that was not me, um, but he is, a, he is a little bit sad that she's returning to Italy tomorrow. Um, and then we have some scenes in number 11 with the ship building competition and this is kind <laughs> of um, disappeared off the radar for a few weeks, hadn't it? But remember this competition that Brian and George are in? Well, it's the, it's the big day today and they're starting to get things ready to pack up into the cars to go off to it. Um, and they they kind of shake hands because, what is it, Brian had accused... Was it Brian accused George of stealing the maiden head or was it the other way around? I don't remember. It was remember, George but... accusing Brian. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Um, but anyway, they, they make up 
Um, and then and, and George says, all right, you can, you know, you can carry your boat in the back of my hearse with mine if you like. But then when she's left alone in the lounge, Isabella sneaks over to George's ship with the tube of superglue and glues it to the table, the minx. Can't believe it. Um, so he's, he, um, George comes up to try and pick it up later and obviously he can't get it off of the table and Brian's there tugging away with him. That sounds a bit rude. And, um, and the ship come, the, the, the front of the ship, what is it, the, the bow? Is that the front of the ship? I don't know. Yes. It kind of comes off in his hand. So they're kind of um, squaring up to each other and saying, oh, it was you. you did it on purpose. And Isabella's just sitting there going, oh, hard with me. Um, and, and George has to be convinced by Mary that this was Isabella that did this. She's like, she's had her number ever since she stepped on uh, off that tram on the first week. And, uh, and this is just further proof as far as she's concerned. And Todd says, we. Well, you can't you can't accuse Isabella of doing this without proof. Sorry, um, and then just when they're in the middle of that, George finds his maiden head down the side of the sofa or something, <sighs> and it and it just basically turns out that everyone's been making groundless accusations against each other for a little while with this. So they have this engineered meetup in the bistro later, and Brian and George kind of apologise to each other. Doesn't Brian? No, doesn't George have to? Or was it Mary? I can't remember. Have to apologise for Isab- to Isabella for accusing her of gluing the ship to the table, and um, that kind of ends. And there's a kind of a truce, but there's definitely some um, ill feeling between certain members of that particular uh, group of friends Do you towards the end of the episode. Think that Isabella is called Isabella after. Isabella Flanagan, who plays Hope, and it's no. like a no, no, but it's like a tip off to us. Like <laughs> it's a meta joke that she's evil, just like. Oh, it's a clue. It's a clue, maybe. <laughs> um, so they're they're talking about on Friday's episode this trip to Naples that Brian wants to have, and and Mary's not happy with it, um, especially when it turns out that because Isabella's only got one uh, room in the the flat, Mary can't go along because oh. they're not a couple yet um now isabella goes off um gotta catch her plane but she comes back later sobbing her heart out saying oh there's subsidence in my flat subsidence sorry in my flat and it's not safe for me to return there oh i'm homeless and rather than going back to italy and just saying staying with the numerous friends that she probably has which mary suggests she decides she's just going to stay on in weatherfield for a little bit longer because she loves it here so much it's so handy that after she's had such a catastrophic event mm. that feels almost insurmountable she had somebody that would take her in <laughs> so th- th- there's not much that happened in tonight's mary gets a bit suspicious of isabella still she isn't there a bit where isabella's picking up a glass and she's got sticky fingers and mary's like oh that's probably the super glue from last episode which i, I don't know whether that's still be on there and sticking but never mind and isabella says oh well you, you jealous of the time that i get to spend with brian are you so it feels like that this is some kind of long-winded way of, of finally getting Brian and Mary together, which has been um, teased since oh, Christmas time, wasn't it? I, what, did, what did you think about the whole, is Isabella staying, is she going or now she's actually staying? Are you, are you pleased that she's sticking around a little bit longer? I am thinking... Yeah, I'm liking that she's she's obviously up to something, isn't she's she? She's got to be up. I wasn't convinced at the beginning, but so I've I've really enjoyed her kind of getting people's backs up throughout the week, and um, she seems like yeah, she's she's. I mean, it seems very cliche to say, but yeah, she is a kind of a fiery personality. And did, did, 
does she actually like really like Brian? Because well, he's uh, he's not you... the most easy person to like, probably, if you're a stranger. And the type of person that Isabella is just doesn't seem like they gel with the sort of person that Brian is. Can is I... she actually his cousin? Can I ask another question? Is she even Italian? I don't think she is. I think it's all a big scam. I think it's going to turn out to be like... Um, is it going to be like Fred and his Thai bride, Thai bride orchid? Yeah, I honestly think at the end of this, she's going to be like, you can flame and do one as well, Mary. It all would have been fine if it hadn't been for you and your meddling maidenhead. I think I would have believed her if she hadn't told that story about a subsidence. And it was when she started doing that, I was going, I, I don't think I believe you at the moment. Well, I mean, this, the, the international shorthand for evil villain on Coronation Street is they smoke. They, yeah. They haven't had a character cigarettes. smoke a cigarette since I think Peter tried to burn down the Yeah, the Peter's boat. been a bit of a fag smoker, hasn't he? But not for well, a while. Had, and then there was, was obviously Vicky as well, we Irish had, Vicky. Yeah, fagging and shagging with Abby and Peter on the mm. boat. We also had Irish Vicky smoking and I, I don't think anybody else and even even Liz before she left was, was vaping. Yeah. I don't understand why nobody vapes on Coronation Street. Well, some people do, don't they? I, I don't remember. think so. No, I haven't seen anybody do... Maybe maybe it's health and safety because of COVID, you're not allowed to vape. I think it's one of these things that's like, maybe they don't want to promote it too much because there is a bit of a growing problem with vaping in the country, isn't there? And all the, you know, the kids being well, attracted by the, the colourful packets Michael, and everything. Michael, can I tell you something? What's that? If you want to put the kids off vaping, you just have to get Brian Packham to start doing our coronation story. <laughs> it's not going to be cool anymore. Anyway, so I, you know, th- th- this was a massive filler story of the week, but it was um, a welcome reprieve from the, the wall-to-wall tragedy of Faye leaving and Paul losing his the use of his right leg, so I'm not complaining yeah, too much you about can't, it. I mean, it, yeah, we take our... Oh, diversions where we can, don't we? Yeah. Well, my my much preferred diversion this week, I have to say, was the Sam and Hope story, which sadly only got one episode on Monday, but it was quite fun stuff. So do you want to uh, remind us a little bit about what happened with them? So this is um, Eliza's first day, isn't it? At at Uh, Weatherfield High, yeah. So Stu and Esme take her to the bus stop and Hope's put out when Sam's like, oh, sit next to you on the bus, because obviously they sit together. And so they're talking about this party that's going to go on because they had they had the party last week and it all went wrong because Hope gave everybody the wrong day. Yeah. So they decided to redo it for this day and they're going to have it at speed dial. It, it feels like everything that happened on Monday's episode could have just happened on Friday last week. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but... Maybe there just all. wasn't time to fit it in. So they're talking about this party and they say, oh, we've got a surprise for you. Make it go exciting. And, and, and Hope's really mad because she feels left out. The party starts later and and Droy is in the kitchen and he's mixing up some kind of chemical to do a science experiment. I love that little thing between Roy and uh, and Sam where he's <laughs> like, oh, Dr. Bunsen, blah, blah, blah. Well, Dr. Bernard, blah, 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 blah. It was so cute. It was. I, I mean, not, not necessarily the go-to thing for a young girl's, what is it, 10th birthday party or 11th birthday party or old she is, but... Um, it was it was fun for me to watch anyway, so I don't care whether eyes were liked it or not. So they they're mixing these chemicals together and then they walk off and leave it. And Hope is just watching this, and so she's looking at it um, like, oh yeah. 
So later on, Eliza's looking a bit down because uh, it doesn't look like anybody's really enjoying this party. But then Roy and Sam bring out the science mobile. <laughs> so they've got this talent show. And Hope's excited because she knows that chaos is about to ensue. So they do the the, 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 the old chestnut everybody loves, the uh, paper mache volcano that has bicarbonate soda and vinegar inside mm-hmm. it. So it all foams up. But yeah, when that's they... all good try to do this potassium experiment he mixes the chemicals together and there's a huge pillar of flame and Yasmin's like oh the fire hydrant and Eliza's upset and everyone's mad and people have left because they thought everything was going to catch on fire and Eliza's saying to Sam some of the parents have complained about the fact that there was a big fire <laughs> so Roy and Sam go around number six to try to apologise for this and Eliza's like you're a nerd I don't want anything to do with you you ruined my party so back at number nine, um, Hope and Sam are together and she admits that she's the one who was behind the big mishap and she says she added a bit more potassium to the mix and it was hilarious and Sam can't believe this. Why would you do that? Um, Tyrone comes down and Sam Sam tells him he's the one that did it but he splits up with Hope and he Accidentally. Leaves. He says, it's not me, it's you. And he leaves. And Tyrone comes comes back and uh, finds Hope is sad. I was so disappointed that this story didn't carry on for the rest of the week. By accident. What do you mean? What do you mean he broke up by accident? What do you mean? No, I didn't... What was... It? No, no, no. He accidentally put more potassium in the liquid. That's, that's, oh, that's, sorry, that's what that interruption was. No, no. Sam's taking the blame for it, taking the rap for it. Um, very noble of him, but it Just doesn't like stop him from kicking Craig. Hope to the curb. Yeah, I I I'm as much as as much fun as Sam and Hope together has been for a little bit. I don't see necessarily. I was talking; it was ridiculous. It's talking about them as if they're ten years older. Saying I don't know whether I can see any long term potential in that relationship. I just think that Sam going out with arsonist Hope is asking for trouble, and I'd much rather he settled for the maybe a bit more boring but a lot safer Eliza and I think she's a little bit more on an intellectual level as well Eliza doesn't deserve Sam because she reacted too negatively to this explosion if you want to date Sam you have to be able to deal with a few scientific mishaps (laughs) Um, but how did did you um, find the the stunt did you enjoy the the, it's better than you know the last fire they had in Speed Dial was <laughs> Stu setting fire to it, where they had a couple of matches held up in front of the camera in the most unconvincing inferno I've ever seen on Coronation Street. But uh, I thought this was quite good. It was fun. It was fun. I mean, yeah, I think Eliza's a bit of a square, really. I don't, I don't think she's worth dating. Well, but I, 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 I think was... it was the best thing that ever happened fam, to my party. Well, it was a bit like our wedding when Rachel set the menu on fire, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Rachel, it was Lisa. Oh, sorry. Um, I... I um... I was a bit gutted when, <laughs> or for Sam, when Eliza called him a nerd and said she doesn't yeah. want to do anything to do with him well, anymore. Have you just noticed this, love? Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I. What, what's what's Hope going to do now? Do you think she's going to be um, plotting her revenge on Eliza? Does she blame Eliza for this? Or is she going to try and win Sam back, or is she the sort that's like, well, I think she's not going. I'm let not going to beg for anyone. No, she won't let it slide. It's a matter of principle. I don't think she even cares whether she was dating Sam now. She just doesn't want anyone else to. Mm. Has she learned a lesson no. that setting fire to things isn't necessarily always going to lead to things going her way? No. Um, it's not, Michael, the... it's not the fires that are the problem. It's everyone's reaction to the fires that causes the issue. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know how long they can string on this 
hope likes fire. You know, it's starting well, to get a little people, bit old, maybe. It's a lifelong <laughs> yeah, fascination. I think... I don't know how this is going to end. I, I, I'm just thrilled by Hope. I want her to stay in the show for a long time. But I also really want her this to, level three of them. to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got a feeling that she is going to be a bit psychotic. I think they're probably lining up to be, you know, Tracy 2.0. I really, really want her to. Because, you know, when when... We had Pat Feeling in the show and then he had his exit. We spoke to Conor McIntyre and he was saying he really wants a femme fatale. He wants a, a female villain on Corrie. And we've been saying the same thing for a long time. And there have been some really memorable villains on Corrie, but none of them have really been women. We did our top five female villains, didn't we, mm. for the Patreon. And we went through... So that's worth listening to if you're a Patreon member. But... um there's not been anybody who's even in the same league as the male villains. And really, no. Hope is... I feel like we're, she was sort of... She's been genetically engineered. <laughs> the problem is, there's still a long time to wait you before they can do anything big. I really she's want them what, to wait. She's, what, 11 now, properly. is she? Yeah. How, how long... How? What's the youngest, you think, you can have a character like Hope say, right, I'm going on a proper well, villainous killing spree now? the thing is about it now. is that I don't want them to recast Hope... But I can see them if they get impatient when she gets to site 16 or so recasting somebody who's 20 or something mm. and saying now we can do what we like because this cat, the, the actress is an if, adult. And if they're going to age her up, they're also going to need to age Sam up as well. And don't um, want that to happen either. No. But the thing is, the other thing I'm going to say is that Hope and, and Sam are both... Look, they look their age or younger. Mm. The, the most actors on Corrie look are older than the characters they play. But Sam and Hope, they look young anyway. Yeah. And I don't know whether they get they will take a long time to grow out of that. I think we've all we all know from growing up there are just people that you go to school with who look like kids up until you know they get married, <laughs> and there are people who you know they turn thirteen and suddenly they look like they could be twenty five. Mm. So do you think that, like, 16 years old is a good year for Hope to, you know, start doing it seriously? I want seriously? them to keep Isabella, and so I want, that. you know, I'm willing to wait until she's 18, 20, I don't know. I just don't know how long they can keep up this shtick. Like, are we well, going to get tired of it before she's able they've to done go it for full a long, hardcore? Uh, they've done it for a long time, and I'm, I'm content with where it is going at the moment. <laughs> okay, right, so um, the Roy storyline this week. But anyway, what do you oh. guys think? Because I, I know that mileage varies on, on what you think of... Mm. Even Sam, I know that some people... <laughs> oh, yeah, he's certainly not, you know, universally <laughs> loved. I just think he's continually um, one of my, you know... Favourites. Yeah, favorite but he is, he's a favourite, favourite... Favorite, um, character going on at the moment so um roy this week um freddie he's um apparently developed a um it's not freddie the dog freddie the dog not freddie smith the ex garage mechanic i know but i forgot who freddie was for a moment not not liking cats c-a-t's this is the dog that was bequeathed to him by his now dead friend. Yes. Fellow bat watcher. Yes. Um, and so he, he, Roy just basically this week has a couple of heart clutching moments to remind us that he's, um, he's not feeling too chipper. And um, so he goes to, um, on, on a walk with Freddie and Evelyn on Wednesday's episode and um, he has, he gets a bit too out of puff when he gets to Victoria Gardens and they sit down and Roy's saying, look, it's it's fine, it's just my high blood pressure. Evelyn's like, no, you need to go and see Dr. Gaddis about this, this is serious. Um, and then when they go back to the cafe, 
um, it, it transpires that, yeah, he's just ignored this for the time being. And um, it could get worse. And it does on Friday, because whilst um, Roy's out walking Freddy at the precinct, Freddy chases after a cat, Roy chases after Freddy, and he almost has a flipping heart attack in the middle of the precinct. Luckily, Evelyn just I... happens to be there, popping out of the bakery or something, and she phones the uh, ambulance, but yeah, could have been curtains for Roy. How embarrassing would it be to die outside Sweetie Knife? <laughs> um, so they, they go to the hospital. Evelyn's finally been able to convince him that he should probably see some professional about this. outside yeah, of course. Time to the railings there. Roy's, Roy's had his blood test done. He's had his ECG. Evelyn's clearly anxious and she's making lots of comments about the fact that it's very slow and that thing about... Um, the thing she says about the other... Cust- not customers, what is it? Patients. <laughs> Patients. Being called in before, before them, him, even yeah. though they came after. I think everybody's had something like that in a doctor's hey, surgery. Listen, if I'm at A&E and people are going in front of me, I am thrilled to hear about it because it means I'm not going to die. Yeah. Um, well, this is like, you know, when you had to go to hospital yeah, a few months ago, hours. we were there for hours and hours and hours. At least it meant that we didn't think that they were seriously worried about you. Well, my brain wasn't going to explode anytime soon. Mm. Well, Evelyn gets a bit teary about Cerberus later because Roy's basically told, yeah, you, you, you can go soon. And she's... She's getting a bit sad about being alone and everything and and the fact that she, you know, Cerberus popped his clogs a couple of months ago and she was worried that Roy was going to be following after him and Roy's like, don't worry, I'm going to be fine and he touches her hand. That's the most intimacy we've seen from Roy for about 10 years, isn't it? And um, and so then the doctor or, or nurse or consultant or whoever comes person. in and says, right, you got angina, Roy, you're going to need a stent. Easy, um... Easy come, easy go. Um, And Roy, and Evelyn says, right, you're going to have to tell Nina about this now. And Roy's like, no, no, she doesn't need to know this. This person said it's, you know, it's a simple procedure. She doesn't even need to know. And Evelyn's like, well, what about your recuperation afterwards? So they hatch a plan for him to say that he's going to rill for a couple of weeks for some sea air. And um, Nina buys it. So is he going to have to be, is he going to be in hospital for a while? No, well, I don't know whether it's in hospital or whether it's just lying Is he around go in a to bed. The Ronald McDonald House. I don't think so. For for old, very old children who are <laughs> are being stubborn. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not particularly intrigued or 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 anything by the idea that Nina doesn't know what's going on with Roy, and sometimes she'll find <laughs> out and she'll go, "Oh, why didn't you tell me?" It's like that's that's not particularly no. Um, anything interesting for me I, I, I'm finding the story not particularly boring because it's got Evelyn and Royan who are great characters played by fine actors the actual plot bit of it itself isn't you know anything to write home about but it's keeping me engaged just because of the pick of characters that are involved in it yeah I just really um, you, you know we always say oh if I was a producer I'd blah 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 if I was a producer I would ban I can never let so-and-so know this secret. I would ban that for a year. It's always about medical things as well, isn't it? Like what Roy's doing at the moment yes, is just the same cool. as what Paul's doing. I would also ban doing story, doing parallel storylines, which has seems to have been for the past two years they've been doing that. It reminds me of when we had Ant's Life and... Bugs. Bugs, Bugs Life, life whatever yeah. it is. Ants, Ants and, and Bugs, Bugs life, yeah. 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 And then we had Dante's Inferno and... Mm. Oh God, the volcano's exploding or whatever that other film was called. There's got to be some kind of moment where Paul's at the hospital and Roy's at the hospital and they spot each other and we go, well, it's time to And they do Spider-Man point. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm not minding this story. I'm, I think I prefer it to the Isabella stuff just because the characters that are involved, but it's fairly low-key and fillerish, isn't it? So, um, speaking of which, the roof, Gemma. The roof. The, the roof. roof. The roof is on fire. Not yet, but who knows for, for next week. On Monday, Tracy and Steve are heading down to the bank to check their credit cards because they want to get a loan. This is this is for the defence, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. For, for Amy. Amy. So... They're going to, yeah, so Angie comes out. Aggie, Angie? <laughs> Angie's come for me, standers to sort them out. <laughs> Aggie comes and says, Oi, this scaffolding, it's a load of old crap. And Tracy says, It's not, not really, go away. So after work, Aggie moans to Ed about this and says, When are they going to get this fixed? And Ed says, Well, they're suing about Amy, so they, they haven't got any money. And Aggie feels really bad about this because she didn't realise. And, and says, I've got an idea by Jove. So she goes around to see Tracy and she says, look, Ed's going to go. He's going to refit this. He's going to sort it out. It's on the house, literally. So they, Ed, Steve and Ed are chatting about this and Steve thanks him. And Ed says, look, I can do everything apart from take the scaffolding down. Whoever put this up is going to have to come and take this down after I've finished. So on Wednesday, Ed is just moaning about how much work he's got. He needs more people to help him out and... Because, you know, yeah. Paul's being no, that selfish. Wasn't right. that wasn't right. Get Craig to do it, like we said in the bonus episode. I can't believe, Craig like... Craig should be a builder. They've spent the best part of ten months just moaning about this roofing. And I know that the idea was posited, you know, towards the end of last year that maybe Ed should just go up there. But really, it's taken them this long to say, fine, I'll just do it myself. I mean, nice of them to do it. They didn't have to. Well, for free it is. Oh yeah, I mean the the free the free bit is is definitely a bonus, but it should have happened a long time ago. And I'm, well, I am fairly convinced that there's something that's had to change behind the scenes at Coronation Street I'm to leave this sure scaffolding this up here for for so long. Was not the original. But um, I I think the fact that this has been brought up now definitely makes it look quite likely that there's going to be some scaffolding related um, happenings during Britain's Got Talent Week. Don't you think? I know, but I it's got. I'm just. It's got to be just. It's going to be some kind of yeah, just running around on the like a little squirrel. I just. I. I think it makes sense because it feels like Justin's going to get away with everything. I don't know how he can get away with the acid attack because, like people have been saying, there is copious evidence that he did it. Or maybe he'll but just I run think, away from from the court. Yeah, maybe. Um, or maybe he won't even get to trial because he's. He's out at the moment, isn't he? Oh well, I mean, well, yeah, we've seen him staring, haven't we? Yeah, well, it's, so in the in the, in the Justin storyline this week, it's basically it's his hearing about when he attacked Daisy in Victoria Gardens, and we don't get to see any of this. Just Daisy being very anxious so by on. her phone. Right. So that was the that was the bit where she goaded him. Yeah. Into attacking her, and you know. I wouldn't normally say that, but that was literally her plan. Mm. Like it's not, it's not some, it's not your fault if somebody attacks you. But she literally wanted him to do yeah. that so that the, the police would see him accosting her mm. physically, and then she could get him in trouble. Yeah. So, so that this is that trial, not the trial for the acid attack. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Daisy's just staring at her phone for most of the episode, waiting to find the news about this and then it turns out that he has pled guilty to that but the judge has decided to wait until the main trial thing next week before sentencing is that a thing you do 
You say you've been doubly naughty, mister, so just hold fire on this. I, I don't, don't know. I, I think I'm fair. It's fair for me to say that I am not an expert in soap law. No. So um, Daisy's like, what's what's going on? Why is, why is he pleading guilty to this but not about the acid attack when there's clearly so much evidence about the acid attack? And da- Daniel says, look, he's probably just trying to spend more time with you. Don't try not to worry about it. He's going to be behind bars before we know it. But Daisy is... You know, really worrying that he's going to talk his way out of it. Um, and then we have a scene at the end of the episode where back at home, Daniel says, look, I'm sure Justin hasn't got a credible case here. He's just in denial. He's going to, he's going to get sent down. Uh, and then there's a, there's a little bit more of um, Daisy texting Ryan as Crystal as well. Um, and then they go outside. And this is when we see a point of view shot from somebody kind of halfway down the street on the terrace side of the road watching Daniel and Daisy leaving the house we can only assume it's Justin yeah or Freddy it's not Freddy well how high off the ground was it Mm. was it the cat very high the cat could have been sitting on a car do you have any how how do you think this is (laughs) going to go how do you think the trial's going to go I didn't do it Uh, you did no okay all right. It doesn't seem like he did it. Okay, you can go then. Bye. And then runs to the to the scaffolding for some reason. Runs up on it and goes Daisy. And then she goes what? And she climbs up and then he tries to push her and then he falls off and dies. I just seem to. I I just. I'm have pretty the sure that's exactly idea how it's of go. him climbing up the scaffolding because he wants to like climb into their bedroom or something creepy like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm. So, I don't know, we'll see. Are all the attics still connected? I, I hope <laughs> that... Because he could go through Curly's viewing port. <laughs> I just hope that it's big and exciting because I don't think that the wedding and Paul's storyline is going to cut it. I'm going to say there's a bit of a danger here of recreating the Jeff, Yasmin, Alia scene... I don't mind that. Which was fine for the time that it was filmed in because it was COVID. But I'm not I'm not, I'm not convinced that anybody wanted that as the finale. I think they did a great job with the but I think I think it was obvious that they had a lot of restrictions yeah. that limited what they could do. Yeah. And and I don't think we necessarily need another rooftop death scene <laughs> where they're wrong in like how many years? Two, three years after. I the don't last know whether he'll even die. He maybe will just get badly injured and end up in hospital, and then that's Who's the last we see of him. Who's gonna his face off? <laughs> um. So that, that's kind of where I reckon that's gonna go. Paul. Yeah, there's, everyone's going to know, I think, by the end of the week about his condition. Um, and then is, is this Roy and Evelyn storyline carrying into next week? I'm not sure. It's, it's I'm not convinced not, not also that I want a romance it. between... between um, Roy and Evelyn. I'm really... I, I don't... I, I think I Corey prefer, would be too scared to make it happen. I prefer the flirting and the innuendos um, to a, a natural relationship because I just... I, can't, I don't see it working. I, I, I... The thing is, they've got, they know that they've got two fantastic actors in David Nilsson yeah, and think... Maureen Lippman and they work so well together. Yeah, but I think and... the, the, you know, the, the, the will they, won't they? Mm. And, and, uh, and the kind of like, the, is, does she like him or not? I can't even tell if she I think, actually I likes think, him. Well, I mean, it, she's looking for a Cerberus replacement in her life at the moment. But <laughs> she I, wants another dog. I think dog. that she's very, very fond of him. And yeah, I yeah. think it feels no. like she's, 
possibly falling for him. Yeah, but I, I, I like that. I don't want them to be sitting at home together going, what, what do you want to watch? Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um, right, character of the week and scores of the week. I haven't actually given any thought to my score of the week this week. I mean, I thought it was generally fine, but I, I wasn't feeling all of the, the mega sadness. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say three bits of Paul's body shutting down bit by bit out of five this week. What about you? Three and a half euphemisms for neutering, which I have to give a shout out in Kershaw wrote the episode where Evelyn was going through all the different, I thought that was great, Mm -hmm. but he had a great time writing that. I don't know whether anyone, like Mega stands out for character of the week. I don't don't want to say Paul. She's gone. No, I mean, did she <laughs> give it to her because she finally, you know, made the decision to do something positive with her life? I, uh, I don't know. Um, Isabella was quite fun. I, I, you're, you're yawning your head off. I'm, you know, I'm struggling to stay awake here. Sorry. I hope, I hope that that's uh, not the same with our lovely listeners. Um, Isabella was fun, gluing the the boat to the table. Glowing. Um, yes, gluing. Who's a glowing? No. Um, I think. I think that um, maybe, um, oh god, I've just I've forgotten all names of characters. I, I enjoyed Royal, I enjoyed Evelyn. Um, maybe maybe Evelyn, character of the week this week, for, for being a good friend to Roy and, and making him see the Doctor when he needed it. I'm going to give it to... probably going to give it to Paul. Sad, isn't it? Why? It's What's sad. he done to deserve it's it? sad. <laughs> oh, you, do you reckon that we're gonna love next week? I'm not convinced. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm we will convinced. have to see, won't we? Yeah. We, we are going to be in Manchester when we record next week's podcast, so we'll we might we be just no, full of the joys of Corrie. We're going to be like half an hour south of Manchester because you can afford to be in Manchester. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, we have still, not got anywhere in the centre of Manchester to stay next week. We're still scalped uh, for it. Yeah, we'll we'll be further north than we are now. Should we say for for next week's recording? <laughs> Maybe but, yeah. slightly. We might just you know hopefully be in the mood. Right. Um. So that is it. it. Um. That is it for this week's street talk. Um. Let's move on and do some news. Right. Um. Into the news time. I, I've got up. I've had a walk around. Got a bit of tea. I'm, I'm awake again. I'm worried that, you know, as we're getting older, these late night podcasts are going to get more and more difficult to do. I think you're right. I just think I should be invincible. Who knew that at getting old, you find it, it more difficult people... to stay up at all hours it... recording the podcast? Getting old isn't just what people moan about. Or maybe it's just I get up really, really, really early in the oh, morning. Oh, I get up really early in the morning. <laughs> Right, so um, first bit of news this week is all about the NTAs, which you can now vote for Coronation Street in. All things Coronation, well, a few things Coronation National Street. National Television Awards. Yes, thank you. We Michael, know. you assume everybody knows everything. You say Britain's Got Talent Week every year, and I don't know when that is. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so the National Television Awards. Here's my secret. 
just because I haven't given you one. Um, the National Television Awards are happening on the 5th of September this year, um, but you can vote right now for them, but only until the 2nd of June. So you haven't got long. Got um, next 11 o'clock next Friday, votes close. So if you would like to show support for Coronation Street, get there quickly. I haven't got a web address for you, but I'm sure you can find it. You're all, you're all clever people. So you can, you can vote for Charlotte Jordan. So in the best serial drama performance, we got Charlotte Jordan, who plays Daisy, Ryan Prescott, who plays um, Ryan, Maureen Lippman, who plays, plays Evelyn, <laughs> Sarah Khan, who plays Alia, Elma Benny, who plays Amy, and Peter Ash, who plays Paul. Oh. So we've got a good kind of decent mix of characters there. It's an interesting one, though. I'm thinking, like, for Ryan Prescott, he's done a great job with what he's been given. I don't know whether it's anything where it's, like, out-and-out outstanding, but he's been given this, like, fantastic storyline, which is, you know, massively life-changing for Ryan. Um, so I, 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 but I don't know, you know, I don't know how many people are saying, well, he's the best actor on the show or anything. I, I genuinely, honestly think that Charlie Jordan is such a, an amazing attribute in Coronation Street now. She's, she's got to be, you know, up there as one of the best choices to vote for here. But then you've got Maureen Lippman, who absolutely fantastic feels but rude not to vote for it Maureen does a little Lippman. bit doesn't it or do you say oh no she's Maureen Lippman she's got loads of awards everybody knows she's brilliant let's not being, bother voting for her being Maureen Lippman is an award in itself yep yeah, well maybe so I mean for me it is between Charlie Jordan and Maureen Lippman I, I think you know Sarah has been brilliant this year Elmer Boney everybody knows I, I think she's awesome um, Peter Asher's but not I'm not not surprising me, but he is consistently wowing me with his performances of grief in this terrible story. I'm just not a mega Paul fan, so I can't really bring myself to vote for him. But um, anyway, I don't have to decide that now. I've got a whole week to do it. And um, Gemma, any 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 favourites from you there? Agreement? Disagreement? I agree with you. Did you say Rising Star, Shanique, Sterling Brown? I didn't say that. So who the, is DD? Yes, you can vote for her in the Rising Star Award, which is kind of like the best newcomer, but it's not just for soap anymore. So she's going up against all... Is this the one... I think that Paddy Beaver won this year, uh, last year. Paddy Beaver won Soap Award. Oh, I we think were he... there when, we, when he won it. Yeah, but I think he I think he won the NTA Award for Rising Star. I'm not saying he didn't. A little bit. I, th- that, that particular storyline, which felt, you know, kind of big at the time... It's just been like forgotten about in these um, in all the awards at the moment, hasn't it? I don't know whether you know did did it go down as a bit of a lead balloon? I I don't know. There there were some fantastic moments in that story, but maybe they were just like if we hey if we do the soap awards or the NTAs and we have our audience in and we're like done the racism storyline. Can we really have everyone go? Um. Anyway, so there's there's our NTA plug. So get yourself not voting very for that. Correct is it? Um. Next to be, up, to be racist. not really, not no, probably not a good idea. Star Tours are back at the Coronation Street Experience. I nearly said Coronation Street, the tour there, but of course, as we said last week on the podcast, they have rebranded. And um, I was getting a little bit worried because with the video in the podcast we put out last week, we were saying, do the Star Tours, do the Star Tours, but you couldn't actually buy tickets for them. So I was thinking, are they still going to be doing these? But yes, it's been announced this week. 
um, that right through to September at least, there are two star tours going ahead each month. So um, if you if you don't know, for whatever reason, this is an extra little bit. You pay £10 more to go on the tour. It's £45 versus the usual £35. And you get a tour around the street as usual. But when you get to the police station, a celebrity pops out and you Hello. get to take a photograph with them. They're fantastic. And we did one with Sally Carmen last year. And um, I, I, I really, really would. If you're thinking of going on the Coronation Street tour and these dates which I'll say in a minute are possibilities for you it is absolutely worth, worth going, yeah. the extra £10 really, really just is. for that everybody loves a celebrity encounter yeah. don't they um, I do feel a bit bad for people who've maybe booked in advance for other dates and they've missed out on the chance for this so I don't I don't know whether you can reschedule it, it might be worth a shot I don't know but anyway these are the dates when Star Tours are coming to Coronation Street experience. So July, we have the 1st and 2nd of July. That's right, there's a star tour on my birthday, my 40th birthday this year. There's gonna be a star tour. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we'll be up there for it, but that's quite cool. Um, the 5th and the 6th of August. Um, so that's, is it? Hang on a minute, I'm just thinking, uh, that is our wedding anniversary, isn't it? What? 6th of August. You're not listening to me. Yes, yeah, Is six, that our wedding six, anniversary? Eight, ten. Yeah, that's what I thought. Completely that's how I remember it. by accident it. because it was the cheapest day. So you can go on my birthday. You can go on my wedding anniversary. Not mine though. I've got another one. Oh, both of us. And then the 2nd and the 3rd of September. So it's basically the first weekend of every month there's going to be these star tours and there's been lots of great names there in the past that have done them and I'm sure that they've got a good crop of celebs coming up in the future so as I say if you're, if you're thinking of going up to the experience at some point to go and see all the cool new stuff that's going to be opening very very soon then um, I would strongly recommend having a go for this one so um, if you go to um, www.coronationstreetexperience.co.uk slash star dash tours you can put yourself a ticket on that. I don't know whether um, we we somebody posted on a Facebook group the other day that they couldn't find the um, web address, and I think the Coronation Street the tour mm -hmm. dot uk, which used to be the old web address, I don't think it's working anymore. Um, so you need to go I to think, Coronation Street Experience. I think it's because they changed it. It wasn't called Coronation Street. It's called Coronation Street Experience dot yeah. co dot uk. So if you you've got that as a, if you've but got also, a. Mm -hmm. a, a Bookmark. bookmark yeah it's not necessarily update your cookies anymore. or whatever um and also when when this announcement came out a couple of days ago you couldn't even get to the star tour page from the main home page or, or even the booking page of the experience oh, you had to quickly if i was you they they the for you know we you know we've been They're talking to people who are involved There's only in the tours number. and they do sell out i quickly. don't think they start Especially till over noon the summer as well months, i suppose yeah yeah you're right they're, they're afternoon ones so um yeah definitely i ain't getting out of bed for less than 10 grand that's <laughs> um, what they all say if anyone would like to buy me you know birthday tickets and accommodation for my 40th birthday and a what a competition. Accommodation. Oh, accommodation. I'm sure that we can arrange that if that's what you want. I just imagine if I went there for my 40th birthday and it was someone naff, though. Just imagine. I'll tell you it won't be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the girl who plays Ruby Dobbs. No, no. Well, this this was news broken by Conversation Street Twitter today. And yes. I've seen it appearing Michael, in other places. But I found Michael this found out. I'm claiming this. And one. a lot of people seem to have... Stumbled across it completely by accident. So I was just on Instagram totally this organically. morning, and um, and Macy Allaby's Instagram page got is it Allaby Allaby? I'm not sure. Got recommended to me. It's like, oh, what, why don't we follow her? That's weird. 
and then I clicked on it and I thought, oh yeah, it's a private account. I've not followed her because we're not going to be able to see it anyway. And then I looked at the description for it and I, I'm going to say this isn't a spoiler. So, you know, shoot me. Sorry, I apologise if you think this is. But what it says is, previously played Ruby Dobbs for 10 years in Coronation Street. So it looks like we have got a recast for Ruby coming I'm going to say it's almost completely obvious and certain that Ruby has been recast. Yeah, the reason that we're kind of feeling fairly safe to say this here is I don't think they're going to be, you know getting rid of Ruby anytime soon. They're not going to be killing her off. They're not going to be having her, oh, shipping her off to Norfolk to She's be with Fizz and then, and then never coming back. I feel it's kind of sad that that scene where um, Fizz sort of said goodbye and, and hugged all the kids and everything to go up to her new job, that was the last scene... I guess, that Jenny McAlpine and, and Macy would have filmed together. And, and the thing is, she's she has played Ruby since birth, so, which is, that's pretty good for... Not very many people play the No, a usually there's a recast true. within a few years, yeah. isn't there? It's a bit like, um, who was it? The, uh, the, the original Nick Tilsley, Warren Jackson, he played him right from uh, birth up until sort of 14, 15 year old. Interesting. Um, but anyway, so... Um, I, I, you know, you, you've, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, you've seen my changing opinions on Ruby Dobbs over the year. When she was a little girl, really, really little girl, she was the cutest thing, wasn't she? We were like, we massively loved Ruby and it just felt like she was improvising all her lines and was absolutely delightful and joyful. I, I don't think that she's been the best in recent years. Um, it's perfectly natural for, and usual for Coronation Street kids to be recast when they get to about this age, especially if they're not being put in big storylines. So it's just kind of natural progression. They're probably going to cast someone that's slightly too old. They can't make her too old. They can't make her look older than Hope, can they? And that's the thing we were saying earlier on the podcast. Isabella Flanagan looks the right age for Hope. So they can't have her younger sister look older. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get someone who's, yeah, maybe one year older. Um, and yeah, it, it feels, I think somebody on our Facebook group pointed out earlier today that she's going to be starting secondary school in September. So it kind of makes sense that if she's going to be there with the rest and she's going to have a possibly some storyline starting, they want to get somebody new and fresh and, and, and everything who's going to be able to handle those dramatic storylines. So sad to see her go in a way, but fresh start for Ruby. I, I like the idea of the character. I really, really do like the Dobbs Stape household. So getting getting a decent what, quality kid actress, I'm I'm all for it. What's been missing um has been a dynamic a real push and shove between Ruby and Hope. They had a little bit of it, but I don't think that it's been able to be developed Insert no. your reasons why. So I think that we all if why. we have a different actress for Ruby, I'm really looking forward to a real kind of sibling rivalry between Ruby and Hope, which I think could actually be really juicy and fun. Mm. Because Hope makes great um, hay out of the fact that she is the daughter of a murderer. But Ruby, her mother, yeah, was a Ben Copper. Mm. So... I, I kind of like the idea of these like dueling sisters of like both both being slightly evil and uh, up to no good. I don't know what they're going to do with Ruby. I don't. The, the other idea evil. is that you know you could have the angelic sister and the 
I, I just think they're going to be looking at long-term planning for, for these two characters. And they, when they cast Ruby, they're going to be thinking what the future of the character is and 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 hope is going to play into their future plans for for what Ruby has. Don't yeah. you think? So who they who they pick, and, and obviously if they recast Ruby, I would imagine that a lot of the auditions are going to be how do you how do you play with Isabella Flanagan? Oh how yeah, How do you surely. two get on? Yeah, I, I wonder whether you know there's a possibility of Sam and um, Ruby being. High school boyfriend and girlfriend at some point could as well. Be, yeah. That could be, um, you know, if we and that could be a great catalyst for Ruby to to be, you know, uh, have have hope go after her. Maybe I I think that this, you know, it's all it's always always a little sad to say goodbye to people, but I think this is absolutely right for the I, character, for the story, for the family, for everything. This reminds me of Ardy and Asher and how they recast Ardy, but they kept Asher. Yeah, and I think that was a, a, the right decision, and I think that it's been proven mm. that um, keeping keeping the keeping the quality um, actress, they're not they're not going to recast Isabella unless she think... wants to leave. Of course, yeah, and I think I Isabella is doing an happening. excellent job. Anyway, I think we've said enough now. Yeah, um, so yeah, look, look out for that. I mean, who knows when that's we're going to first see. Um, new Ruby, but if might not if... be for a very long time because her, she's not needed. At the moment, I, I don't no, know if she, we're going to she... see any more scenes. Even she might. Yeah, not, we never, may have seen her final scene. Might Who never knows? see um, her again I, I, as that actress. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if we haven't got a new Ruby in time for the new school year in September. Well, if, but it know, could be you when know, not Fizz until comes then. back. There will be a new Ruby, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but Fizz isn't going to come back. I know until after then. Anyway, anyway. I don't know when she's coming back, but I know it's not for a while. Yeah. So um, anyway, exciting stuff. Um, le- le- more s- sadder news. Um, if you're if you're looking out for the um new Coronation Street book by Maggie Sullivan, a celebration on Coronation Street, you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. So this was originally meant to be coming out. I I sorry, I can't remember the original date, but it was around about now because I remember thinking. That's just slightly too late for the, to tie in with the actual coronation of King Charles, but it was—it's been delayed until February next year. So the the, the story of this. Do you know what's sad about that? What Paul might even be dead by then. Paul might not even be able to read the story of the, his very street during the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II, which is what this story was going to be about. So it was going to be set. Um, in 1953, it was going to be what's going on. I think Elsie Lappin is um is a character, a main character in this one. I can't remember, but um, weird that it's been delayed for so long. It's probably run out of ideas. This is, this is Maggie's sixth book. Um, and sixth they, Corrie book. Yeah, sixth Corrie book. Sorry, and they had been coming out semi regularly. Every couple. And of it's years been a so. long time since um the the last book, the We'll Meet Again on Coronation Street. So for whatever reason. Um, this has been put back. So, um, yeah, sorry to break the news to anyone because I know there's definitely some listeners who really enjoy those. Um, I still haven't even finished the last one, I have to say. Well, so, she's um, waiting this for is you. Gi- this has given me a little Why bit more chance to do that. And then she'll be able to finish the next one. Yeah, maybe. Next. You you go. I've been I've been doing all of these. British Soap Awards are on TV on Tuesday the 6th of June. So that's the Tuesday after they are yes, filmed. not so live they, this year. They're being recorded on Saturday the 3rd. I guess it's the third. Yeah. And um, we're going, and I know who's not going. 
Do, do we want to kind of, you know, this is this is related news. Philip Schofield will not be presenting the British Soap Awards this year. Because I don't know who's going to be, but... Um, this is this is a news in progress, isn't it? You've been following this quite closely. I as I uh, As our Coronation Conversation Street's long-term Philip Schofield hater, you must be feeling pretty chuffed with uh, with that viewpoint that you've been gripping onto over the years, despite him being, you know, he's been a national treasure for, for quite a long time. But you've been like, no, I think he's dodgy. No, hang on. <laughs> yeah, I am smug about it, but... <laughs> of course. But I want to say there's a very dangerous... The idea that you can see somebody on television and you can tell things about them. Let's not fall into this trap and pretend that we all knew... I know that there were rumours and who knows what is true and what, what isn't. But just because I hated him doesn't mean I had some kind of amazing insight into what reasons you more just didn't like his kind of smugness about himself did he his I'm not going to get self, into it sense of hang on I don't think I, I don't think we really need to satisfaction say any more about him um but I'm certainly not taking any I mean personally of course I am I feel like it is all down to me but <laughs> I'm, For, not, I'm not like you can't take you can't do you want to just say a little bit about what has no. happened? Because there might be some people that well, if, if report you the facts. What? What? Why? Why is things a so basically, a bad week for him this well, week? Well, hang on. I, I guess if you're not in the UK, you don't even really know who Philip Schofield is. But he and Holly Willoughby have been presenting this morning, which is a you know ITV's flagship TV show. Pipes have been really noisy know, this evening. Sorry if you can hear that, everyone. So. They've been presenting that for years and years and years. Basically, everyone called them the untouchable, amazing duo of great presenting. And he also did the, the Soap Awards. Mm. And I don't know how much I want to get into. It's all very sordid. He, um, I, don't, I don't want to say because there's loads of rumours connected to some of the things that have happened. But basically, he said... It doesn't make sense if I don't fill in some of the gaps, but he he came out as gay, even though he had a wife and kids a a few years ago. And then he's now said, I actually was having an affair with someone, but it wasn't illegal, but now I quit. And I don't want, I'm not going to say any more than that. You can read for yourself what people are saying. There's lots of speculation going around on the internet about this. And, um, but yeah, I'm just going to say, I, ne- I never really liked him. I always thought he was slimy. But the same as Jimmy Savile. Everyone's like, oh, I knew- everyone always knew he's dodgy. Everyone- just because someone seems dodgy, let's- can we not just... Can we just give everyone... Doesn't mean a- they are. The thing is, there are so many innocent people that get dragged into, oh, I just don't like the look of him. There must be something... He must be up to something. And especially don't like people saying that about men. Like, on the basis of what? That they're gay or that they work with kids or something. Mm. I just think that that's a slippery slope. So... I had no insight whatsoever about about it, so let's not all pretend that you can tell just because you think he's smug. I wonder whether it's when it's going to be announced <laughs> or whether we're just going to be say, let's wait and see who turns well, up on the day. I was trying to start a petition earlier in the week to get Hannah Waddingham to... Um, yes, our Eurovision host. He was the Eurovision host also from Ted Lasso. Who and I think, shame nun from Game of Thrones. Yeah, the shame nun. <laughs> she she could just follow him around now, mm-hmm. couldn't she? Um, I, I'm thinking. I mean, it's going to be somebody like it's going to be someone Alison safe. Hammond. If Alison Hammond does it, I would be absolutely. I thrilled. love Alison. Hammond. Everybody loves Alison Hammond. Or, at the or Dermot, who I don't want, is Ben Shepherd. 
there's I just don't I don't get, think I don't, Ben Shepard's got enough star power for it but do you not you not think so um, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who it depends is depends on who to see them in the who's flesh available in a week's time short notice because you know all those people who were, weren't available for King Charles's coronation mm. it's it's interesting it's really interesting how they've made the soap awards not live this year it's very they do that sometimes though they, they never used to be live and then they made them live for like a couple of years didn't they and then it was I guess decided a while ago to to have them pre-recorded this year but you know before it was announced just you know a few hours ago that Schofield wouldn't be pre- presenting them we were thinking he's been going through you know a really rough week and he's in the tabloids and everything and there's well, like, was... lots of scandal and we were thinking is he gonna get booed thank well, goodness it's on. not live because that can be edited out I think that they I think that maybe part of their decision about making it not live was because they were concerned about the reaction I and I was like making a joke saying I was gonna boo him but I think I might have really wanted to but I couldn't do it because I'd probably be banned wouldn't I if I had booed him maybe um, I don't but know. anyway um, just see how the, see how the crowd's feeling I think that I think it's stupid to record it and not and not show it because everyone's going to know who's won who cares on a Tuesday night at 7.30 who cares who what, what the British Soap Awards is it's too long and if you know who's won, you're not gonna you don't you don't care. They might have got some people watching it because they wanted, you know, to hate watch Philip Schofield. Maybe. But I doubt anyone's gonna watch I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't bother watching it. Well you don't like award shows, do no, you? Lots of people do. I just think that they, concern, leaving it two, three days until after it's been on, know. the results are gonna be out and there's no surprises. It's not Are we as supposed fun. to sit here? Are we supposed to watch it? As, as basically journalists, watch this and go, oh, don't tell anybody. It's an embargo. It's embargoed till half seven. On, on I Tuesday. wonder whether we're going to be Are told we if we're in the audience, like, though. And don't ta- like, why? Mm. Why should I not tell? Ta- I haven't signed anything. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not my job to, to make your ratings <laughs> go up. Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, the other thing I'm concerned about is if they're pre-recording it, they're going to funny about too much. Possibly. I like it when it's live because they're like, it's an advert break. Everybody get up, go to the loo, get back, get back, get back. You didn't get back in time. We're going to have to get, what's her face, to sit in your seat. You play Nina. <laughs> Who was her name? Molly Gallagher. Molly Gallagher. Get Molly in the seat. She's good at that. She, um, we, we have been to a non-live Soap Awards before. And I, I, I remember Cagney and Lacey turning oh up. Oh my and God. Them just speaking, rattle, rambling on they for so, they, 10 minutes and they, nobody cared. They look like they were amused that it, this even existed. Mm. Anyway, I want, I want, um, what's her face? Who did I say? Hannah Wallingham to do it because she's camp and wonderful. I don't, I don't oh. think I would believe that she watches the soaps. She's too glamorous. Thank you to everybody who's um, jokingly suggested I should host it, by the way. I said last week that Holly and Phil were in trouble and they needed somebody to cover for them, didn't I? Mm. It's like, I knew. Anyway, so Tuesday the 6th of June, 7.30, British Soap Awards. And while we're on the subject of TV schedules, don't forget that next week is Britain's Got Talent Week. I think we might have mentioned it one or two times so far this podcast. 
Britain's Got Talent, my darling. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, so it's going to be on Monday to Friday at 7.30 for half an hour. So there is actually less Coronation Street last week, uh, next week, sorry, than there usually is. There's going to be two and a half hours rather than the usual three. But hopefully the, the, the dramaticness of it is going to make it worth losing that extra half an hour. Um, and then finally news this week, which I'm just kind of throwing in just because I, I quite like the actress, Katie McGlynn. She's been on the stage this week. She's treading, treading the, boards. the boards at the Lowry. Um, tomorrow, actually, yeah, tomorrow, Saturday, is the, um, we turn into Saturday Sorry, now, is, um, is her final performance. So she's just here for a week. She's doing an adaptation of Peter James's best-selling novel, Wish You Were Dead. Um, so that's, that's quite cool for her. And, and I know that a few people I saw um, on, 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 on social media went to see her on the stage this week and, uh, and said it was said it was jolly good Delighted. but um yeah so this is this is like a crime thriller where she plays somebody called cleo morley and um the synopsis of the book says is um, it cleo cleo i think the second one uh, i don't know they they take their first family holiday together and a well-earned break from their crime solving exploits but desperate for a bit of fun in the sun they set off to france for a week of rest and relaxation uh, nobody cares anyway it's a crime thriller um katie mcglynn has said oh i'm really excited about it but it's a bit surreal. I've done Panto before, but I get to be part of such a great stage production, working with some amazing actors, is something that I've always wanted to do. So I hope it cool. I hope it met all your wildest hopes and dreams, Katie McGlynn. It's, it's good to see her get, you know, getting a getting a job. Um, <laughs> yeah, post curry. It's hard. It's hard to get post curry work. Who, who was it? Was, I can't remember who Brent else Vincent's it was on the radio this week as well. I can't it? remember who it was. Who else it was, but. It was her and somebody else who laughed right right when it when COVID hit. I think Lucy Fallon. Yeah, and they really took a hit on that. I feel bad for both of them because they really got all their opportunities mm. kind of disappeared in a puff of smoke. And and she is a great actress because she's not nothing like Sinead. No. So if you go and buy that yardstick, she's an excellent actress. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, good luck. Well, news it's, done. it's over now. But um, yeah, that's it. That is um, that's our news done. Time for some feedback. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hello. the feedback section, and we have got an average score that Michael's just calculated. I did. I just realised after we finished the news that I forgot to do the average score this week. But it's alright, isn't it? I've done it now. I've done it what now. Three point one eight out of five. So it's sort of yeah, fairly middle of the road for last week's Coronation Street, according to our listeners. And that included Judith, who gave it two strings of homemade truncheon bunting oh, out of five. Michelle, who gave it two and a half Italian cousins who are serial killers out of five. Possible. And uh, my pick of the week was Fiona, who gave it three women with fancy schmancy hairdos and a cantilevered bra out of five. Very. Sexy. Thank you to everybody who voted. Um, we haven't got many emails this week. We've got Rebecca, we've got Nancy. Thank you. We can always rely on you to share your feedback, but that is it. So we, we if you haven't emailed us for a long time, then uh, I'm sure we, we demand it. Have opinions on Britain's Got Talent Week? Well, I hope so. Yeah, do do write in next week and tell us what you think about Britain's Got Talent Week as it is going. Please do write. Make sure if you're gonna if you want to give us your thoughts on the whole thing. Make sure I love you, knowing about things that you think. Make sure that you email us right after it finishes on Friday because we're going to be recording probably early mm. because we we got the Sable Wars to go we got, to. We've got stuff to do next weekend. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to... I, if you haven't got time to type it out, you send us a voicemail, couldn't you? We haven't had a voicemail for ages now. That's a good voicemail. I right. do love a voicemail because so it saves I, us. 
read Rebecca's? You can read Rebecca's if you like. What did so she say last week's First story? of all, still loving the Amy storyline, Elle is doing a great job and there's no way she should backtrack. Like Michael, I also enjoyed the pan shot between the Rovers and number one. I also enjoyed Steve this week. I, thought that I have got my eyes closed. Out. I thought you said I enjoyed the pound shop between the Rovers and number one. <laughs> They've just opened one in the alleyway. Yeah, new, uh, new branch. What's it called in the one in the precinct? It's not Bargainanza, is it? Quid Emporium. Pound, pound outlet, is it? I know, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just, let you continue. Close your eyes again. I also enjoyed Steve this week as well, and I like the scene between Tim and Steve in streetcars. Speaking of streetcars, I don't think Tracy or Steve will sell either, and if they do, it will just be one of them. It will get close to selling, and the narrow one will backtrack or something else. I thought Mary was going to bring up her own situation when she spoke to Amy, but talking about it in Roy's world might be a little too outspoken. I think it's just because everybody's forgotten that Mary was um, assaulted as a young girl. Right, that's where by a uh, vicar. Yeah, Jude came from. Um, how can Amy prove it though? That's why I don't think it will go to court. I'm still loving Summer as well. I much prefer her like she is at the moment. Faye is so annoying. <laughs> she and Jackson deserve each other. True. Craig isn't going to dob her in. It's just minus threats, although I wouldn't mind if he did. But he won't. He's too nice. I enjoyed seeing Toya and Spider again for the first time in ages. I was expecting Jackson's watch to have some dedication on it, but that might come up this week. I did think it was cute that Faye was planning the party, but she probably just felt guilty over Jackson and Miley. Maybe. I need Gav to find out why Max is in prison. I'm also starting to wonder whether Max is going to start with a mental health issue. Love any time David who loves Max, especially as he's not his biological son. I also enjoyed Max talking about David the dog. I still like Gav, but I don't think he will come onto the street, especially when he finds out the truth about Max. Speaking of truths, Daisy, you're an idiot. She really needs to tell Ryan the truth about Crystal. Great to see Carla back, and I love seeing Debbie and Ronnie at the hospital. And I also loved Ronnie saying to Daisy, maybe she and Ryan will always have a bond because of the acid attack. Maybe the truth will come out before or after the trial. I love Gemma saying, no, she just wants spies from Weatherfield Greggs. <laughs> Linda. I want to see like a really fancy schmancy like wedding breakfast table with just like pies and sausage rolls. Yeah, and on things. like a tiered uh, yeah, exactly. afternoon a cake stand. I mean, as I say, we, 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 everyone's seen the wedding dress. We're not going to talk about it because it's a spoiler, uh, but they could really go to town with just how outrageously chaffy this wedding could potentially be. Linda is only trying to help, but I much prefer the suit she bought for Chesney and Joseph. Oh, we didn't even mention. We didn't even mention the big drama about the wedding, Michael. What? Chewing gum. Chewing, Chewing gum, gum on, on Joseph's suit. suit. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe this? I was surprised. I've forgotten about Linda because she didn't appear in it this week, did she? No. Saving herself for Monday. She's like, I can't be in it. I've got to be fresh for Monday. Um, love Bernie getting jealous over Dev offering Linda a kebab and Linda saying yes I have the occasional kebab I think sounds like a innuendo when you say it like that Rebecca <laughs> Linda was also bringing up Chez Burgers Chez Burger Chez Burger is that how we'd say it? yeah uh, <laughs> that was interesting too I thought it was dead in the water me too Rebecca I really am hoping that this is going somewhere I, d- I don't know where can know, it go though I, mean... I don't think it I mean well, trouble... I think I said last week that maybe pre-Madonna gets rebranded as Chesburger at some is, point in the future. If that ever was to happen, we would know immediately because of the sectors. Yeah. So that's a bit of a, a sort of a, a, a downside of the sectors, but what can you do? Well, some people love spoilers. Lots of people love spoilers. 
I wouldn't mind Chesney talk, taking over the kebab shop. Oh, and Paul, tell someone. <laughs> I love Hope. That is all. Liam is at Weatherly High, but for a few years, above Hope, etc. But Jake is still at Bessie Street, so that was weird. Yeah, with Eliza's party, it's like, you're Children a kid on the street. Yeah, you I never really thought about it. But when you are a child, you are so age segregated, aren't you? Yeah. You really, really are. More than any other time in your whole life. I mean, I get that Liam and Jake, I mean, they're kind of semi-brothers at the moment now, aren't they? Because of, you know, Liam being Maria's son, Jake being Gary's son. But I never had this experience because I was always the oldest child. But you're desperate when you're younger to be involved and you want to be a grown-up. And, like, your siblings and your relatives are that who are older than you are like that is mm. like your most accessible way of being mature yeah so i can see why younger <laughs> kids will want to hang out with older kids but older kids just bully bully them don't they <laughs> yeah we were talking about um the, the the cast recasting of kid characters earlier and it's making me it does make me wonder like are they are they going to do it for say liam because the same boy has played liam for quite a while now but he's not had anything big to do like, are they just clinging on to him to see what he's like as he's older? Or are they going to, like, properly recast him because they want to do something with him? I, I don't know. Is he the one with the freckles? I, I, I can't, I don't know. I think he's adorable. Or am I, th- I think I'm Joseph. Oh, yeah, you're thinking of Joseph. I don't, see, I don't, they're not going to recast him because he's a Flanagan, isn't he? He's... Can't recast a Flanagan. From the, from the great Flanagan dynasty, second only to the Astons. Um, so I think he's pretty <laughs> safe, but I'm, I'm not sure about the kid who plays Joseph, the one who plays Liam. They've, they've been... I mean, I've just proven I don't know what they look like. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Yeah. Not, not everybody has to be the main but the thing is about it you know you've got this cohort here of potential friends rivals you know boyfriend girlfriend etc like we've got with the teens now yeah we've just got to wait five six years for them to um flourish oh i know it sounds it sounds creepy (laughs) but uh yeah this is what cory cory's kind of having to future proof itself with um and they've done a i'm gonna say one of the major major achievements of Ian McLeod's reign at Corrie has been I feel future proofing the show yeah he is nurturing the, the yeah, young yeah nurturing characters. young talent some may say and, and some of those people may be me that it is at the detriment of some of the older cast they're almost leaning a little bit too heavily into the the teens the thing is they have information about demographics and stuff that we don't so I would well, yeah, be I mean, really interested to see whether it's had any effect but uh, again, you can't draw that many conclusions because COVID's wrecked everything. Yeah. As far as that's concerned. Anyway, take it sidetrack, aren't we? Where where am I? I've got no idea where you are in this email, darling. So uh, Jake was at Bessie Street, so that was weird. I was half expecting Ruby to turn up if Jake was invited. I'm assuming this was filler for it to be expanded in Monday's episode. Also, I loved Hope saying to Eliza that she should be ask matron for a day off school. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of filler, Isabella was definitely filler, but I enjoyed her and Mary asking if she was a serial killer. All killer, no filler. (laughs) I also enjoyed Mary saying killer to everyone coming through the tram stop and driller killer just made me laugh for some reason. (laughs) Sean also made me laugh by saying she'll fit right in around here when Mary kept saying Isabella was a serial killer. I'm like, what's going on with Sean at the moment? Because it felt like, you know, around Christmas time or autumn time, they were building him up to like 
Sean's going to have a big story now and his dentist friend and it's oh, just Francis, the dentist. gone nowhere, hasn't yeah, it? And still, Dylan... Is I'm, a mystery? I don't think... He just didn't... He's not pushing people off mountains, is he? Well, that's not That story's fun, just it? went built up to nothing. And I, but I, and I just do not get what is going on with Dylan because they have got a good actor there who has well, been in guy, big things yeah. before this, this and actor, they're doing nothing with him. This actor is a catch for Corey. He's yeah, a young he really, really is. But he's being just not Benched. used in the slightest. Well, Weird. this is what we were talking about when I was complaining in the bonus episode about benching talent and... Um, if you're, I don't know what the contract is like for the actor, and I'm not putting, I'm not saying I have any insight at all whatsoever, but I'm wondering if he is not on a fixed contract, and so he is taking advantage of the fact he can go, well, if you're not giving me any work, I'm going to go do this, that, and the other thing. Maybe. And then they say, hey, are you available? And he's like, nope, I'm actually Maybe. doing work. I mean, he's he's been, the thing with Liam, with Liam, what's his name? Dylan, sorry. He's been back on Corrie on and off for about three years now. Yeah. And still done next to nothing. He's basically What's gone, going on? go on, Dad, shag him. <laughs> I don't mind. Or don't. I, I don't care either way, um, to be frank with you. <laughs> right, okay, so, sorry, this is not, we're not going to interrupt you again. Um, I can make Rebecca. no promises. <laughs> um, so Sean also made me laugh by saying she'll fit right in round here when Mary kept saying that Isabella was a serial killer. I just think she's normal, maybe just a recurring character for Brian, but obviously Mary will get the wrong end of the stick as usual. Character of the week is Amy, and I'll give this week four rapist fairy godmothers <laughs> out of five. I really enjoyed Monday and Wednesday's episodes, and it was just Fridays that brought it down. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. And Nancy is going to round us off for the night. The Amy story has reached an interesting place because of Mia and Eric's involvement. Eric's the villain here because he is being so vile. Does he not like women? Neither he nor Mia have bothered to ask Aaron to explain the details of what happened. And the only way for Amy to get some justice is to go to court. Or Aaron has to admit it before the court case goes forward. He needs to have some education about consent and alcohol use. Mm. Also, love the Femporium podcast name. (laughs) Interesting that Faye ended up in telling Craig she loves him. I can see that she doesn't love him anymore, though. I really cannot see Faye with, Faye with either Craig or Jackson, to be honest. Craig's going to be better off without Faye. Also, Sally was hilarious during the party preparations. Max and David scenes were wonderful. I can now see that Gab is going to cause Max trouble, either because of the phone or when he finds out what Max has done. I love Debbie and Ronnie's involvement with Ryan. I feel Carla may find out about Daisy just as Daisy is about to tell Ryan. Um, And I loved Daisy's Mrs. Doyle impressions too. Yeah, there was an awful lot last week that hasn't moved over to this week, has there? Like, the the, the Ryan story has been put on ice a little bit. The um, Aaron and Amy story we're not seeing very much of. The Mac stuff that I was quite interested in. No sign of it this week. Um... And I, and I think that did just make it a little bit better last week than this week. Um, Gemma, um, oh no, we, I mean, she says, Nancy says, I can't wait for Gemma and Chesney's wedding. The Bernie and Linda scenes will be <laughs> wonderful. And I feel that Paul really needs to tell the court about his condition. Well, he did. I feel that his family will rally around him when they find out about him. And maybe even Linda will offer help. 
Gemma, Nancy loves your Isabella impression, and she gives this episode three <laughs> out of five stuffed artichokes with the character of the week. Oh, Nancy, I Amy. think you're barely miss, bellissima. <laughs> brava, brava. And with that, episode 577 of Conversation Street comes to a close. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Buono noche. Um, we, we, I, I, I thank you again for, if you listen to the bonus podcast where we talked all about Faye Windass, if you haven't had to listen to that, please do. Uh, Faye also, Windass, don't forget, I'm, such a I'm putting out another, another He's shout out and a call. I'm not going to let you put out. No, Fine, whatever. Another call for people to please go and watch if you haven't done our bonus podcast from last week, which was our, um, Coronation Street, five reasons why you need to go on the Coronation Street experience tour. It's a, it's a great little video, even if I do say so myself. Go and check it out. And um, there may well be more tour stuff to come next week if we can get in when we're up in Manchester um, to have another look around bits and bobs there. Right. We're going we're gonna to end this now. So um, do email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you have anything to say. Or even if you don't, just, just say hello. We might say back. Hello uh, back. Um, we are at conversationstreet at... No. conversationstreet.podbean.com is our blog there. Please review us on iTunes. We haven't had a new one for ages. Five stars, of course, please. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Spotify. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. And, of course, you may want to sign up for our lovely Patreon. Um, And, as Gemma said towards the beginning of the podcast, once we get going with these ads that we're going to be experimenting with, um, if if you're on the Bistro tier or above on the Patreon, we will will pop all the ad-free versions on there as well, just for an extra thank you for, um, for supporting us in that way um let us know what you think about this idea of adverts maybe i don't know i don't know but um like we said earlier i don't really know how easy it is to to get it to work it might be ready for next week it might take months it might never happen but um thank you for your understanding and obviously it's like a it's not been a decision that we've taken lightly as well so we've had lots of discussions about this haven't we Gemma's nodding are you, are you finished talking for the evening, darling? I can't be Italian. I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, you can be Italian. Go on, then. <laughs> Say goodbye to everyone in your best it, Italian... What is it? Goodbye in Italian. Ciao. There's our bloody pipes again. We need to get we need to get somebody sorting that. Ciao, everybody. See you next week. Arrivederci. The music from this episode came from <laughs> a podcast teams.com. <laughs> <laughs>